1: Did you know at Kroger, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store? Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards, with no hidden fees or markups on your same family favorites, like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce. The only difference is you don't have to put on shoes. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details
0: welcome to success story the most useful podcast in the world i'm your host scott d clary the success story podcast is part of the hubspot podcast network the hubspot podcast network has other great podcasts like marketing made simple hosted by dr jj peterson marketing made simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and more importantly make it work now if any of these topics sound interesting to you you're going to love his show how to write and deliver Captivating Speeches how to market yourself into a new job, how design can help and potentially hurt your revenue, and how to create a social media ad strategy that works. If these topics hit home and they're things that you wanna learn about, go listen to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Today, you're gonna to hear an episode of my new podcast, Liquidity and Liquor. I co-host Liquidity and Liquor with Yosef Martin, a serial entrepreneur who sold his last company, BoxyCharm, for over 500 Million dollars on liquidity and liquor. We have conversations about business, money, and life with some of the most interesting people in the world. You can download and subscribe to Liquidity and Liquor on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So Ben, Bitboy, I, I don't know. It's funny because when people, when you're on crypto podcasts, yeah. people only call you Bitboy. It's weird, yeah. And I'm like, that's really <laughs> fucking weird. Your name's Ben, but whatever. Okay, so Ben Armstrong thank you i appreciate you coming out so you i'm gonna obviously let you sort of speak through your accolades and your story okay but you have what like 1.4 million on youtube you have a million on so like millions of followers um you are arguably the gateway into crypto in north america i know there's other channels that really do a good job of capturing it but north america i'm pretty sure you're like I'm number one yeah. you're number one
2: uh, overall with all social reach i'm number one
0: that's badass yeah. okay so um you even mentioned that this was not something that you've even been doing for a significant period of time it's not 10 years so uh like <clears throat> let's go through the the ben armstrong origin story yeah um and it didn't start with crypto so where to start
2: yeah. So, uh, the Vendor's Wrong origin story, um, you know, I was running side businesses and doing side hustles. You really got to go to uh, uh, back uh, July 29, 2007. That's the day that I overdosed. And um, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for people to really understand my story without understanding that's the centerpiece of my life. A lot of people say, you know, what was the best day of your life? You know, like, oh, I got three kids. It's when my kids were born. It's when my wife, uh, you know, said yes to being one of the only girls ever that would date me or whatever it is, you know. And, um, you know, but I, the best day for my, you know, in the history of my life was the day that I overdosed and I ended up going to rehab. So um, I was on like meth from 2000 to 2007, pretty much every day, like, 17 to 24. And uh, I overdosed. was in a hospital bed, like, almost died and, um, you know, uh, three days in a coma, eight days in ICU. and came out, went to jail, and then got out of there and went to rehab. And so I ended up going to college. I got married. I did all that stuff afterwards. But like, that was the center of my life. So you can't tell the Ben Armstrong origin story without understanding my life was really jacked up before. I've been to jail a bunch of times, all kinds of stuff. And then after that, finding peace and finding, you know, um, you know, a, a new reason to live, I guess, um, or not a new reason, like finding a reason to live. You know, I was other there killing myself every day. Uh, that, that's what ultimately led me to where I'm at today. And I think going through that time, going through, I mean, a lot of people who have been through what I've been through, they're very successful. It's because just beating something like an addiction, mm. it's one of the hardest things to do. And it was all the things that I learned while I was there in rehab that, uh, you know, I've kept in my life and have been able to keep me grounded and stuff like that. Like, I'm just always thankful every day that I'm alive, you know, because I remember waking up in the hospital bed like, shouldn't be alive right now, um, you know. Wow. And so that's, that's that piece of the story that leads me into uh, I worked in recovery uh, basically for, until. After from, you
0: recovered, you were helping others. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: So I, I worked in recovery. It didn't pay that great. Uh, the last job that I had was executive director of uh, a rehab facility for teenage boys. And so if you would have told me like what I'm doing today, like, you know, eight years ago, I'd been like, there's no way. That doesn't make sense. I don't even like finance. It's boring. And so, but the, there's a lot of crossover between what I do now and what I did then because it's helping people. And that's what I'm really passionate about is is helping people, get into the truth of things, trying to help people change their financial futures. Um, the first years I was doing my channel, like, I wasn't doing that because nobody was watching. But now, years later, uh, you know, we we have a bigger impact than we ever had. I have a bigger impact now than I had when I was, like, actually working in nonprofit and recovery. You stuff. have
0: scale now. You have leverage. You have a yeah. channel. You have an audience. You have a yeah. community. What got you into crypto?
2: So I was having to do a lot of side hustles along the way yeah. because, like I said, I didn't pay that great. So I had a, a, a white label sports and concert ticket business. So I—it was a company called Ticket Network. was the main company. It's a big company. A lot of the ticket websites out there are up underneath their umbrella. And so I had this hustle where I was selling tickets, and it was going really well. All I did was drive traffic. I drove traffic. They did the payment processing. They did the shipping. They did the listing. Once it—once they clicked my buy link, it went to another page. So it was just purely driving traffic. What I was doing on Craigslist. What year was it? 2011 was the year I started. Okay. 2011. So I started that, and— I was using an auto poster on Craigslist because one thing I've always been really good at Mm. is scaling. Like, nobody can outwork me, you know, and I know how to build a team, and I know how to lean on that team and leverage. And so I was able to scale from basically working at a car wash, making $25,000 a year um, at that time in 2011 uh, to— Making 350K my second year doing the ticket business. Wow. Because I just, I I scaled up so much. My first week.
0: So you're like using marketing automation. Auto auto listing on Craigslist. I was
2: using a a product called (laughs) Craigslist Auto Auto Poster. It's called Clad Genius. And it was massive back then. I got to where I was posting 800,000 ads a day. On wow. Craigslist, across Canada and the United States, yeah. I had 16 laptops in my—I had, like, 10 different DSL connections. at t was like, what kind of drug operation are you doing here, you know? <laughs> what They thought I was probably, like, North Korean hackers or something like that. And uh, so, anyways, the guy who ran it, well, he got sued by Craigslist. He lived in the Ukraine, so he didn't come over here and answer the lawsuit. Well, ICANN took his website down and took his payment processors. And so in 2012, he was like, Ah, guys, I think you're going to have to uh, start paying me this thing called Bitcoin. I was like, what? The, the second or third time I had to make my payment with it, I was like, I'm not doing this. Can I send you MoneyGram? Like I literally went to Walmart and used MoneyGram to send this guy in Ukraine cash because like— It was, it was easier than Bitcoin. So much easier. Like it's not even funny how much easier it was. So we got into using— uh, Back then you used Bit, uh, Mt. Gox and Bit Instant. Mt. Gox was the exchange. BitInstant was kind of like a, I don't know, if you're into crypto, it's kind of like a layer (laughs) 2 to Mt. Gox's layer 1. It's like it would roll up transactions really quickly, and then it would just send the money, and then it would catch up on the back end later, kind of like a bank Mm works. That's how the SWIFT system works with banking. So uh, so Mt. Gox, BitInstant was using that stuff. 2013, um, you know, the prices started going up, and I had 6 Bitcoin left in my account. And it was $1,700. And I was like, holy crap. $1,700. To- not each. $1,700 total. Total. total.
0: <laughs> but that's I, like early, early, wow. early still.
2: Well, my first Bitcoin purchase was $450 worth, 37 Bitcoin at 11.56 a piece or something like 12 bucks a piece basically
3: 12 dollars each bitcoin uh
2: huh yeah 37 bitcoin 12 bucks a bitcoin yeah. and but i was using it as a currency you know that's what you were doing in, the, in yeah. the early days a lot of people got into it through silk road but i'd been through my stuff so i wasn't yeah. used using silk road uh i got in through this software and so um you but know, by the
3: way those who don't know silk road was where you buy drugs right yeah it was
2: yes a... there's a guy out there who yeah. right now he's thinking to himself God, I hope those 30 caps of shrooms that I got for uh, 100 Bitcoin, you know, was really good. So yeah. Now he's got to take more shrooms to cover up the,
0: yeah. the, the pain and the loss. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so
2: so anyways, 2013 price goes up. I sold 6 Bitcoin uh, through a website called LocalBitcoins.com. I met with a guy at a McDonald's and over the Wi-Fi, I sent him the Bitcoin. I thought I was a genius. Like, I made 1700 I took my family down to Destin. We went on a little vacation. I you know, paid off a couple bills. And, um, you know, it, it's so funny looking back. Well, the guy went to the wrong McDonald's first, so I was there an extra 30 minutes. And I just remember trying to look up on my computer, what is this Bitcoin? What is this Bitcoin mining? Everything looked like a City site. Like, there was no education out there in 2013 about Bitcoin. I think there was one, one YouTube channel, Bitcoin Uncensored with Chris Rhodes. I didn't know it existed at that time. I only know it existed now because I ended up meeting the guy and talking to him at some point down the road. Um, but I just had this great opportunity in front of me and I didn't even see, I couldn't see it and I couldn't understand it. And so that drives a lot of what I do today is trying to help people understand uh, crypto. We've got a book, Catching Up to Crypto, coming out um, in January. And the whole purpose of the book, uh, it's published by Wiley Publishing. They're the same people that published The Bitcoin Standard, the number yeah. one Bitcoin book of all time. And they reached out to me and were like, we think you got a lot to add. And so we started working on this book. To go from a to go from your first day in crypto to a beginner, there's a gap there. Like, when you make beginner content in crypto, it's still over people's heads. Yeah. So we wrote this book in order to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. These are the things I wish I knew when I got into crypto because it would have saved. I mean, I'd be a billionaire by now. I wouldn't be making cool YouTube content. I, you know, people wouldn't know me. I'd be on an island somewhere, but, um, you know, I, I'll take this life over that. It's all worked out. But at the same time, I don't want people to go through those same mistakes when education is out there right now. So, Fast forward, 20, 2018, January, I decided to start my YouTube channel. So started working on it in December of 2017 because I was just like, what the heck? I'm, I, 2017, I realized my mistake. You yeah. know what I got? I went all in on crypto, made some money, prices went back down, whatever. I decided I wanted to get involved, so I created a character called BitBoy. Now, BitBoy was a crypto superhero. It was not ever supposed to be BitBoy crypto. It was BitBoy and HODL. The HODL was his sidekick. It's like a turtle, right? Uh, HODL, a lot of people don't know, it's like a typo from a Bitcoin talk forum. It's what we say in crypto when you keep your crypto, you HODL it. And so it was supposed to be this like, you know, crypto crime-fighting duo, and we were going to do an animated cartoon series. And then I learned how to animate. It was, I was awful at it, but I learned how. I've got some, <laughs> I got some animation on the channel. People go back and look at the early days. Did some voiceover stuff. But at the time ROI was not there. I was spending like a week and a half making 30 seconds of a video.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Yeah.
2: And and nobody won it was the peak of the market. It was going down. Nobody wanted anything fun. And so my buddy was like, You should start doing uh you start doing uh, crypto news. So he said, You understand crypto very well. Maybe a little bit I understood back then. I thought I did. And he said, You got a very easy way of talking and communicating with people that makes them understand things that are high level and a low level. And it's like, okay, cool. So Started doing news videos, and then I would do interviews, and over time, when people come on my channel, they would call me BitBoy. And that's how mm. I ended up becoming an almost 40-year-old man, now I am 40, named <laughs> BitBoy. And it's a little, like, on one hand, it's a little humiliating, you know, because they are like, when are you going to become BitMan? I'm like, no, you don't understand. It wasn't supposed to be like this. <laughs> but but like, on the other hand, like, it's, it's great branding, and people know us, and it's like, you really can't can't beat the branding that we built in crypto.
0: Why, um, why in 2022, we're still, because so, the book you're putting out is still solving for problems that we've had 10 years to solve mm-hmm. for. So the, the, the first mile in learning crypto and blockchain and DeFi and crypto and every other iteration mm-hmm. thereof, it's still super murky and it's very hard to figure out. And then obviously we can talk about all the bullshit that happens in the industry that obviously doesn't lend a lot of yeah. trust for people to understand it. Why have we still not made it easier that first mile? What's the, what's, is it the UI UX of the actual exchanges? Is it mm-hmm. Coinbase has the shittiest customer service in the world as a tech company, not just as a crypto company? Why are all these hurdles there?
2: Yeah, well, I think there, there's there's two things that tend to hold people back at, that I think are they need to conceptually understand. One of them is Bitcoin mining. Like, when people get into crypto and they hear about Bitcoin mining, like, everybody's first thought is like, Oh, I can do that. I have a computer. You know, I can Bitcoin mine. And then you start looking into it and you're like, What is this? My head's going to explode. Like, I don't understand Bitcoin mining on a technical level. I've never done Bitcoin mining. We, we've considered doing it as company. But people get, and honestly, That was the thing that when I was researching Bitcoin, I was like, I can't understand this. I don't know what this means. And so when I say for people to conceptually understand Bitcoin mining, it's you actually need to understand it's not important that you understand it. You need to under if you're investing, it's not financial advice. If you're investing, (laughs) it's it's important certainly to understand the way that the Bitcoin cycles work price-wise in relation to Bitcoin mining because that's very that to me that's the most important thing in crypto. But don't let things like Bitcoin mining hold you up. You don't have to understand the stuff on a technical level. And I always use an example like the HTTP protocol. I think the p stands for protocol. Whatever it is, I don't even know what HTTP stands for.
0: I don't know. I use know. it every I single don't know day. I
2: it means. I use it every day. Everybody <laughs> uses it every day.
3: You don't understand, you don't. I would totally tell you, I just don't want to brag. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it for myself.
2: Perfect. I like that. I'm like very that. humble. Yeah. I got the next 100X coin. I'm going to keep it in my pocket yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but that's one thing is Bitcoin mining. And just, it, it really goes further to like people thinking they have to understand on a deep technical level what's happening with Bitcoin. And you don't. Really, it's more important for you to understand money. And that's the gap. People don't understand money <laughs> at all. Like I learned, I had no idea what money was when I first got into this. Number two, The word cryptocurrency is a really bad word. I hate the word cryptocurrency. There are so few coins in the world of crypto that are actually a currency that confuses people. People are like, I'm investing in Ethereum like I don't understand. Am I going to be using it as money? People equate currency with money and Mm -hmm. for for good reason. Currency and transactions in crypto are different than currency and transactions in the real world, okay? And, And what I mean by that is this. The Ethereum network, okay? When we talk about transactions per second, TPS, why it's so important that we upgrade Ethereum to make it faster, a transaction in crypto is anything that interacts with the blockchain, right? including things called microtransactions that are very, very, very minute. You also have gas fees. Whenever you buy an NFT on Ethereum, like, you've got a gas fee that must be paid in Ethereum even if you were buying it on a different chain like Polygon or something like that. Or a better example would be, um, you know, if you're buying something with USDC. If you're sending money with USDC and it's built on top of the Ethereum blockchain, you still have to use actual Ethereum to push that through because USD one of the chains is built on. When we think of a transaction in the world, and we think Visa MasterCard, which does Oh, I think I think it's 1,700 transactions per second is what Visa does. It's not extremely high, and we're talking about in crypto like we need 100,000 per second. Well, what's a transaction with a Visa? You're putting hold on a credit card. You're buying a burger. Mm-hmm. You are uh, you know paying for your haircut. We there's goods and services that we're paying for, and then a few other things like like holds. Right. That's it. In crypto. Every single thing is a transaction. So if you were to kind of equate that to the real world, like, let's say a hotel ran on Ethereum, for instance, which this is a mythical situation, like, when you open your door with your key, that, that's a transaction. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you go to the elevator, that's a transaction. Everything that you do on a blockchain is a transaction as opposed to in the real world where we're only using it for goods and services. So that's why the word cryptocurrency exists. Why we, it is a currency... Because you're using it in every single thing that you're doing, but you're not using it the same way we use regular money. And that confuses the crap out of people. So I prefer the word crypto assets. Um, so, Ben,
3: here, here's a question from someone that's not an investor. and I'm, But looking at Bitcoin and Ethereum or just the crypto world, it was supposed to be a mechanism to protect us from a collapse. Mm-hmm. And it's proven to not be that for mm-hmm. now. Well, went down with the stock market, right? Went down the bear market, took everything down with it, including the value of Bitcoin. Just literally anyone that put a dollar over there versus, say, if you put a dollar at the S&P at the height, it would probably be better to stay at the S&P, even a little bit more. Now it's, what, 12 years in the making? maybe I'm wrong, I mean, 13. My mother, 13 years in the, in the making, 14. the question I have about this is not to go and say it's not going to go and save us one day from a doomsday from
2: government I love this question already, I, I, I'm However, jumping at the how, let's hear it, let's what, hear the question.
3: What are the KPIs in your mind to say, yeah. okay, this is now when we, 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 we still don't have a proof of concept because X, Y, Z, or here are the proof of concept already, it's not just around investors oh there's so much unpack here there's so much unpack
0: by the way any of the assumptions that he made you can also like you don't have to agree with. oh yeah i'm going to
2: destroy these assumptions but 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 also i do want to i don't want to say on the front end i understand why you think all this like what you're thinking is what almost everybody thinks including people in crypto but they're all wrong and it's very easily provable wrong Okay. okay you're always in this state in Bitcoin because it's a four-year cycle, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point, you're always in a state of the price dropping dramatically during a bear winter, which this will now be the, what I would consider really the third massive crypto bear market. There was a a smaller one in the beginning. Um, But we've had three cycles now, and it drops so dramatically that people can only look at the micro of what's happened in the last four years. So you're looking at Bitcoin at $70,000, and today you're looking at it at, you know, $16,000 or $17,000. Man, we had a pump at $17,000. Let's Mm -hmm. go somewhere around there. And you're saying like, but look, it was this price. Okay, well, let's go back a little bit further. Let's go back six years ago. What was the price? Oh, six years ago, the price was Mm $1,100. Holy crap! This is actually an incredible store of value when you look over just a little bit longer but we're always comparing Bitcoin to what it just did. You're not comparing it to what it did six years ago or eight years ago. And because of that, we stay locked in this like, oh, Bitcoin's a scam. Look, it went down. It was up this high. You have to stop looking at it in terms of the the most recent high and the most recent low and look at it over time. If you look at the Bitcoin chart over its history, it's immeasurable. What a so great so story you're saying, is. you're
3: saying look, it's only 12 years. If you look at the US dollar currency, how many years? That's 100 and so, so many years. Go and put it as the same perspective. It's going to get more and more stabilized as time goes by. And you look at this as a metrics, and you say, look, this is where it was a few years ago. Even a, a very tough bear market where we are now, we're still 10x than where we were six years ago.
2: Yes, I mm. I am saying that. But I'm, what I'm also saying uh, that's kind of another layer to that is... We just stay trapped in the mindset of the last four years all the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's until we do get much less volatility and these Bitcoin cycles don't bear out the way they've always existed throughout time, we're never going to look outside of the most recency bias that we have. Mm-hmm. And so a, a good example of this is your stock market comparison. <laughs> Bitcoin did not go down because of the stock market. Like, to say that is to fundamentally misunderstand the history of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I understand, once again, I understand why you think that. You look at the chart and it seems seems to line up. But it's weird. Let's go back to 2018. 2018, Bitcoin had a worse fall than it's had now. Mm -hmm. And what was the stock market doing in 2018? Was it dropping? Was it getting crushed? It was going up. It was going up. Not not quite as dramatically as it was in, let's say, 2017 or, uh, you know, uh, 2019, right? 2018 was not a super massive year for the stock market, but it was a good year for the stock market. And when you look back at Bitcoin and you look at that time, it dropped 85%. This, this narrative, this talking point about the macro is crushing Bitcoin, like, it drives me insane. This is the third cycle, the third super bear market. The last two both had 85% drawdowns with inflation, pandemic, Fed rate hikes, war, everything we've got going against Bitcoin, it still has fallen less than it fell the last two times.
3: Yeah, I think, I think uh, when, you, when you look at the crypto market, there are some that really died almost. I mean, if you look at Solana, where it came uh, from, sure. to where it is today compared, will die, compared to Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Uh, and now, again... I would. I have the second question okay. to come down to it because I expected you to to defend, and I actually <laughs> thought about that. Uh, the second part would be: look, a proof don't, of don't don't you
2: ask me questions? You know the answer to already.
3: No, I don't okay. know the answer. Okay. I was expecting <laughs> uh, expecting an emotional reaction, and um, but <laughs> not <laughs> which for I me. That. Well, all right. So then, the second part that I wanted to ask. All right. So then, the second. Uh, and I'm, I'm spitting someone else's words. I think it was uh, uh, Jordan Belfort at the time. He said, well, you know, the, the blockchain as a whole it makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, as long as you have mostly investors trading the coin, it is still uh just a tradable asset or on mm-hmm. investors, once we're gonna actually use it for the day to day, that's when you have a proof of concept and we're not there yet. And what what what's your take on that one?
2: Oh, I agree hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like I, I don't disagree with that at all. Okay. I, I think So you would
3: say it would be a key indicator to say, okay, now we have a proof of concept. People are actually
2: buying bread with this. The transactions are not gonna be No in crypto we talk about buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a crypto is no good unless you can buy a cup of coffee with it. Like that's a that's a little meme in crypto. Like I yeah. always laugh because for some reason it's like I'm glad you said bread. Because they always say coffee, and I, I laugh at that too. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm never gonna say coffee. I'm, I'm gonna be original. I yeah, exactly. it. I googled
3: that to say no. Change it to bread. I like the original. Well, so it's because
2: it's a money show, so you know, got to get that exactly. bread. Exactly, gotta get that bread. You know, so, so the whole thing is wh- when you look at where we're at in crypto, um, you, you're not early in investing in crypto. I, I do not believe. It. You look at the numbers, you're not an early or an early adopter of investing in crypto. However, we saw a time where people are early investors. And learning what crypto is, and learning about crypto, and that obviously puts you at a huge, massive advantage against everybody else. If you understand what you're talking about, and you understand what you're you're investing in. So, when it, when it comes to the adoption curve of main, I think mainstream adoption is a meme too, right? If you ask people last year, at the same time, you know what when Bitcoin was back at seventy k, like, oh, you know what's going on with mainstream adoption? People are like well, it's here, it's never going down again. We told people last year we were going to have a bear market. We have it every four you years. Ever to have it, yes. Yeah, so. The whole thing is, we're going back to my conversation about currency versus asset. We don't have that many coins or currency. Bitcoin is not a currency anymore, folks. Bitcoin is digital gold, okay? Mm-hmm. Even its use case has been changed from what it was intended as. You look across the board and you look at all these other assets, like some of these aren't ever even going to find their use case because the founders made so much money on specu- on speculation. They've got founders' dilemma. What's their motivation to keep building a project that's already made them a billion dollars? They don't really have it. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to continue to see um, more projects die, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solana a centralized blockchain. I believe it is going to die. I've never considered Solana to be a mate. We considered it to be a good investment at one time. But we didn't consider it to be a real competitor to Ethereum. You got Ethereum, you've got Cardano, you've got Algorand, ICP, HBAR. These are coins that we invest in, that I'm invested in for transparency, but those are kind of like some of the coins that we look at and we say, these are going to do pretty well. XRP is another one, but it is in a different niche um, than these. We call these layer 1 blockchains that I'm talking about. If you look at what's built on these layer 1 blockchains, none of them are super, uh, none of them are are optimal right now. They still have a long ways to go. Uh, you look at things like NFTs and metaverse. I mean, we, we think we're probably eight years away, really, from metaverse actually being a thing that's not a meme, you know, a, yeah. a thing where people are using it. We're still so early. Did you, in this
3: buy, did you buy land in the metaverse?
2: Oh, I've got a lot of land in Sandbox. Well, we bought a lot of land in Sandbox because we're, we are building in Sandbox. We do have a lot of metaverse land. Everdome's another one that we have some land in. Um, but we, we built an entire digital city in there. Um, We've got a big space and we've got a a game like where we have BitBoy avatars and the little Bitverse characters that were the characters I created for the comic series, they're in it. And Mm -hmm. uh, we got a little game where you go around trying to find these Bitcoins for some gorilla. Like it's not out yet. People can't see it yet because the alpha for sandbox is not complete. But uh, yeah, we, we... Wasn't that too early though? Well... If you could go back in time why would you know we've been building it for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and we still don't have the land built out we have professional minecraft builders that have been there building for two and a half years so by the time it hits, we've already built. Okay. So, no, I, I would disagree.
3: Now, So you're a different world. You're in a different realm than other people that just oh, bought course. something next to yeah. Snoop Dogg, a million dollars, yeah. and all that. It was, well, a lot of
2: people made money. I mean, if you bought it at the peak, you didn't. But a, yeah. a lot of that real estate will go up in value, Even if we're eight years away from, like, real adoption of Metaverse, like, you're still going to see the value of the real estate go up every market cycle. The important thing for you is to learn how to t- time the market cycles, take profits at People the are still buying on Sandbox? Uh, sandbox most of the land is already sold but there are secondary markets yeah i mean we our land that we bought for fifty thousand dollars i believe these numbers are correct uh fifty thousand dollars i think at the peak it was like two and a half million um and then right now i have no idea what it is right now i'd probably say it's still probably somewhere around a, a million dollars because we got prime real estate over there but uh, we didn't buy it as an investment we bought it to build on it and we're going to make money inside of our metaverse Mm -hmm. or inside of our land like whether it's selling avatars or selling NFTs all this stuff we had to pay to get developed so we've got costs in it but Selling NFTs, selling, uh, you know, exclusive meetups. I don't know. I'm I'm
3: going to ask you a question about that. And we're completely derailing. I'm going to let you go back. I know you have a hundred questions. questions. I know, I know. I just just asked, aren't you worried that tomorrow uh, uh, Apple is going to come up with their own space or Facebook is going to come up with their own space and then Sandbox is going to disappear? No, because they're
2: centralized. It's everything. It's antithetical to crypto. Like, mm-hmm. the reason why these metaverses will be such a big deal is because they are decentralized, in a sense, and you're not having to give over all your data to, to Apple. This you. this data game how is much do you over. think a kid? How much do you think a kid that
3: goes to play a video game cares about centralized and decentralized where they have a fake character called JJ123? I'm going to play a video game and, and shoot some zombies. Uh, no, that's, that's a centralized. Like, I, do you really think they're going to care? Well, it's not really kids
2: that are playing it right now, okay. <laughs> you know, like that's it's, part of
3: This is people that do care, you're saying.
2: It, it, yeah. it, 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 it's people that do care, but it's look, okay, we've got to draw hard lines. Okay. My kids' privacy is ruined for generations. That's true. Okay. So at some point us, the the Facebook generation, and, you know, millennials yes. and older, like we uh, got to draw hard lines and say, we're going to stop giving them all this stuff. Like mm. that's why everyone hates Facebook. Facebook's metaverse is going to be one of the most gigantic failures of all time. People are done with the Facebook game. Facebook had to actually come up with a strategy for holding stay-at-home mom meetups to try to get 11, 12, and 13-year-olds interested in Facebook. I don't know if you guys know. That's a real story.
0: No, I don't know that. That's a
2: real story. What did they do? Facebook marketing came up with this idea to create uh, spaces for stay-at-home moms to have basically play dates with other moms in hopes that they could recruit their kids to be friendly to Facebook. Oh, uh, really? Wall Street Journal, go check it out. Interesting. That's a, that's a real story. That's, that's how down Facebook is. They have no, they're in such a horrible spot. There's no way they get out of this because no, now WhatsApp is the one thing that they have. And of course, Instagram is another thing they have. Those two things probably survive and do well. Facebook as it's currently constructed or anything that has the word Facebook or Meta it's dead. Everybody hates it. If you're a millennial or older, well your grandma might like it, but I'm sorry, like your grandma she might be 84 like I love her but she's not going to make it. You don't want it. to be
3: in the same party with her. That's not and She's sad. also not going to be
2: around forever. She's not right. going to be around forever. Yeah. Everybody that's like 60 and under 50 and under especially hates Facebook. Kids hate Facebook because when they were growing up, their parents liked Facebook. Yeah. There's no win for Facebook going forward. The Oculus is certainly the the only hope they have within this meta, meta yeah. world. But even within that, one, one of the characteristics of the word metaverse, of a definition, if you, if you actually look it up, is user-generated content, mm-hmm. right? Facebook's trying to build a video game. They're not trying to re- build a, a real metaverse because they have to give up control of what goes on there. They're never going to do that. That's the thing with centralization. These companies, they they want to control every transaction. They want to have their own internal economies with their own little coin that's not, that you can't send off. You're not going to be able to take whatever coin is in a centralized, you know, metaverse Earn that coin and then withdraw it to somewhere else. You're gonna to have to live within that economy. Metaverse is about reaching out from that. I know we're so this is probably so far over people's heads because this. It's gonna
0: dovetail into centralization yeah. versus decentralization exactly. you know, and all the yeah. fuck up. So it's yeah. actually a good point. So let's bring it back. Are you? Are you no, going no, to Metaverse? you're all <laughs> you. All
2: you. I know. I know.
3: <laughs> no. We were going over the questions and there are a lot of.
0: No, no, no. Okay, so, so you know. We can go right. in. I don't know if you want to go into uh, SBF and FTX right away. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other stuff that I thought was interesting is that you, you are a personality. Yeah. And you have like a group of people that love you, a group of people that hate you, absolutely, absolutely hate you. I watched, um, I watched the Bankless podcast, yeah. and they were just not. They were, they were not, it was a podcast where they were not fans or whatever anyways. So I thought it was a, an interesting show because it's kind of like a hit piece. But, um, and then when I asked people to ask you questions, cause I threw it up on Instagram, one of the guys equated you to the Jim Cramer of crypto saying yeah. that as long as if I pick something that he doesn't pick, then I'm good. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of anger and, uh-huh. and emotion. So maybe just speak to
2: why that is. I'm so authentic. It's not even funny. And when, when I am an overshare and I'm overly honest and I'm, overly uh, anxious to give my opinion on things. It just gives people so much more to shoot at. Because let's say you like Solana, okay? For instance. I came out. uh, There's really bad stuff happening with Solana. There's been bad stuff happening on the back end. So I'm telling you what's real. I'm also giving you my opinion on it. And now everybody in the Solana community hates me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at other coins that I've talked about in the past that, you know, I basically like built up this engine of like, Every time I say something negative, I'm adding more people to the people that hate me. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to tell you what I think. And so uh, number th- that, that's one aspect of it. Uh, another aspect of it is, once again, we go back to these four-year cycles, prices going up, prices going down. Well, there's a spreadsheet that somebody made about uh, all my picks that I've ever made no, number one we really we made way too many picks in 2020 like that was a big problem we gotta you even it.
0: said actually on that podcast yeah. I was listening to like you, you're starting to change your business model. oh yeah for sure okay
2: yeah well we have much bigger responsibility and accountability for and, and like if people can't tell that I deeply passionately care about crypto and the future of the world and, and its relationship then they're just blind. They, their mm. hatred blinds them. Like it's so obvious to see how much I care about all this. And, and so going through this process of going somebody that went from ten thousand subscribers to a million and a half in sixteen months, that I made some mistakes. Like we did sponsor videos that I wish I wouldn't have done. It was never like, oh, like this project's a scam. I want to promote it. It's like, no, we had our research. We did some due diligence. But it's such a new emerging technology. So, so, so about,
3: are, about that, yeah, like, I'm gonna jump about that sure. because you're saying, look, you sponsor someone they turn out to be false yeah. and you wish you didn't do it. But you, even though you research, you couldn't find. So say Kevin O'Leary. Okay. Kevin O'Leary FTX. Okay. You mentioned something uh-huh. about Kevin O'Leary. You are very opinionated about Kevin O'Leary. Listen, well, it's because he's a bad person, but yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just, he supported FTX. Now he's silent. Yeah, so
2: say Kevin. He, he, he hasn't been silent. He's still, he's still been saying Sam is a great guy and he supports what he does.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's, I there's multiple
2: okay. clips of, clips of him. So okay. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, okay. that's the fact.
3: Okay, so that changes my question, okay. but I will still go back to the same question because assuming, uh-huh. assuming he was paid, yeah. in one way or another, he was net, you know, not knowing that everything was uh-huh. a scam, and now it was a scam. It's like, isn't that like, look, it happens. Uh, I guess you can't really blame. Well, well now, if you still support the if guy that, down uh, double down, down, yeah, that's But a there's plenty story, of other so.
2: people that fit into this category you're talking about, though, like yeah. well,
3: that, that T- Tom sport.
2: Brady, yeah. Graham Steffen, mm-hmm. They fit in this category because I see where you're going with this question, yeah. which is how could I sit here and say like, no, oh, not, not specifically yeah. about you, because yeah.
3: at least you stand out and you said, look, I made a mistake. But yeah. if you said they still double down and support the guy, I, I, I'm not deeply into it. so I can't really yeah. tell you how research. But if, if the guy doesn't, if the guy said, listen, man, I, I I like this company, you get Uh paid, and then eventually, oops, it's falling down. I Mm -hmm. don't want to talk about this right now. Maybe legal obligation, whatever it is, contractual obligation to just Mm -hmm. be quiet. Like, is it really... What's your opinion? Like, just let the guy off the hook. He's he's at least not saying anything.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm in a total... I have not... I have not attacked one person for promoting FTX. Mm-hmm. We never promoted FTX. Mm-hmm. We, we never had an affiliate. I don't believe we ever had an affiliate link for FTX. We've never had an account at FTX. We did think the FTT coin, we bought it on KuCoin. We thought it was going to do really well last year and be like, oh, yeah, that was going to. Well, yeah, you get new information and you change your opinion. Like yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not right. rocket yeah. science, right? But we knew about this insolvency several weeks before anybody else did. We were shocked. Like, I would have promoted FTX if they came to. We went to them for funding for our bill in, in Congress. Like, we thought they were good actors or. I was always in the middle on Sam. I never was like he's definitely good or he's definitely bad. I I could never make up my mind on him, and that's clearly documented in the history of my channel. I did always say he had a really bad haircut, Um, but outside (laughs) of that, outside of that, um, you know, I I I don't attack Graham Stephan. What what I did not like about what Graham Stephan did about promoting FTX is when I went in his uh, went on his iced uh, coffee hour podcast, Mm -hmm. iced whatever it's called, uh, last maybe it was early last year. In the comments just like, you see there's a whole community of people that absolutely hate me. They all came in the comments like, he's a scammer, he's pumping and dumping and blah, 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 blah stuff that's not true. I, I can prove, you know, we've never done a video to promote a coin and sold the coin within, uh, you know, probably a week yeah, as early yeah. as we've ever done it. We've never done it. But when you look at the chart, it looks like that sometimes because people took profits or if we did a sponsor video, the project on the back end would be the ones oh, doing interesting.
0: it. It was me being naive. Well, if you're an influencer and the founders like allocate a huge marketing budget to you, then they're like okay this is going to be it of when course. he puts it out founders sell Boom. at the peak yeah, there you yeah. go yeah.
2: That, that that that's the misdirection smoking mirrors people don't understand
0: and then you're the face and then you get you get all the shit for it in the 100 yeah
2: and the, the the people who invested lose because they're watching the videos and they think it's going to go up and then i lose mm-hmm. and the founders they win because they had the majority of the there's only one winner in depth, yeah. there's only one winner and yeah. so that's yeah. why i i really came out very strong against token and coin promotions now i, I don't think anybody should be doing promotions of coins that have a speculative value on them. But that's another conversation. Mm -hmm. Graham Stephan, in in his uh, comment section, uh, him and his partner Jack, I don't know who is responsible for it, but they basically went, they were just like apologists in the comments, like, I'm sorry, we didn't know, he's super controversial, blah, 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 blah. It's like, how about a little support, guys? Like, I was there face to face with you. You didn't call me. You you have my phone number, Graham. You could have texted me. You could have said like, Oh, like, there's a lot of, you know, what about this stuff going on? Like, you, you know, is there any truth to it? How about come ask me instead of just go in the comments you know, section?
0: They, 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 they lost an opportunity. When you get that much activity, you bring the person
2: back on and you walk 100%. Through, you walk, yeah. do a fucking yeah. follow-up show. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Would have definitely loaded. it. Yeah. But, but Graham's so protective of his image that... Um, and it's
3: for it's people, a stressful know. thing. It's not for everyone. And I can tell yeah. you, sitting from the side of it, one time I get criticized over a campaign I made with one influencer that said something 10 years before mm-hmm. or you know, something like that. Some I would have never find out yeah. what she said. It's like I get blamed for something that I had no idea that happened in the yeah. past. And this is not a crypto. This is not something you can actually find information. So, yeah. so then when that it is it, it does happen. I mean, it's a stressful situation. Not everyone in yeah. the list, but at least there was a phone call. Eh? And then it was yeah. never really to put down a person. It was just talking in general about the topic, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I think that's important. And so,
2: like, I, I I hope Graham learned a lesson there. Is that you know. Don't throw stones at glass houses like yeah. you actually ended up and once again I'm not criticizing him for promoting. I do not blame Graham at all. I don't blame any person for promoting FTX mm-hmm. Nobody knew and when people find out the real truth of everything that's behind this thing with FTX that I know They're gonna be like this is so much bigger than anybody thought Nobody, people that worked very close to the inside didn't even know some did I can't criticize him for that, but what I do criticize him is not for standing up for me at all and just assuming that he had all the right answers and that he's promoting great stuff. He promoted the greatest financial fraud in human history. So many people are guilty of that. They didn't know, but let's have the same kind of— um, leniency isn't the right word. Let's just have the same kind of care and, and, and human understanding for people I mean, to understand. Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. The world out here trying to do the same stuff and none of us— certainly after this debacle, none of us are perfect. I promoted Celsius, 99% of the time when I promoted Celsius, it was organically. We didn't even say we had a link for it. Uh, just, we made $3,000 on promoting Celsius in three years. Mm. That's nothing in the world of what I do. <laughs> From, nothing. It was a horrible affiliate program. We, but we talked about it all the time because we believed it and we thought it was great. Same thing. Like, we all have got to learn a lesson from this. And this is the— I hope that this is the galvanizing moment for people that talk about crypto, people in the financial world where we all look and say, we all have to do better and we all have to work together. If you know someone is a bad actor, if you can prove someone's a bad actor and you're supporting them, that's a different thing. The vast majority are out here just trying to do the best that we can all the time. And everybody's made mistakes. I think now we can kind of go back to the drawing board and say, how knowing what we know now, how can we protect our audience better going forward?
0: Well, I mean, if you if you if you want to equate it to other huge financial fuck ups, like Bernie Madoff yeah. was on boards, yeah, right, like regulators, like he, what what board was he on? I can't I can't think of the board off the top of my head. Oh,
3: he he legislated. He, he was. A, he was, down i I'm trying to think what it was.
2: But I, the point I, is, yeah.
0: like I'm sure there's a lot of people that. Look back on that and like, okay, we kind of fucked up here. No, wasn't it like his
2: brother worked for other regulators too, or something I
0: think crazy. So. Yeah, yeah. Something crazy like It was wild. Okay, I so think, I
3: think the reason with him is just he did rip off only really, really wealthy people over here. It was yes. ripping off mom and pop, someone that just works out of a garage and they just yeah. vote, and that's that's the.
2: Well, a lot of those people got paid back, I believe, with the Bernie with the made off situation. Yeah, yeah he
0: served on the board of directors and served on the federal regula- regulation committee. That basically had the greatest impact on like securities, laws, and yeah. regulations. Like it's just you know, so crazy. It's fucking wild. Yeah. So you talk about like influencers uh-huh. talking about a coin. Well, let's let's look at what else has happened in history. Yeah. Um, what I wanna actually think about comparables, because to Madoff, to Enron, to other huge financial fuck ups and frauds and whatnot. How much money was actually lost with FTX?
2: Well, it depends on who you ask and what your what insolvency hole you're going down. And uh, by the way,
0: this entire conversation is allegedly.
2: I'm I'm not willing to say that (laughs) sorry FTX come sue me I don't give an F good good luck see people wonder why I come out so bold against people because I know what they've done and Mm. they don't want to go to discovery with me in a lawsuit see me Kevin I see Kevin O'Leary looking at me right now come sue me Kevin it, you want me to go do a full investigation on on the deaths up in Toronto? I'm just saying. I know he doesn't want me to do that, but but the fact is, um, w- when you look at uh, the insolvency, uh, the number most people are throwing out is eight billion. Yeah. There, there's another number where people say there were 14 billion dollars, um, and there were 900 million dollars in liquid assets. But when you actually expand and you look out at across the entire financial world that they were touching, people put the estimate somewhere around 50 billion dollars. What? Yeah. When, it, you, when you add in your right? block, they, they were invested in 225 major crypto companies. Not all of them, but some in the finance world. 200 and, uh, like between 200 and 250, I think maybe 225 companies. I've got the document. I, I see every dime they invested in every other company. Block aren't you afraid,
3: though, coming after them? Because, look, he's the second largest donor to Biden. Yeah. There was no federal investigation, which is weird. The entire mainstream media was positive about, still is about him. It comes for a reason now you have a YouTube channel, you see mm. people like Andrew Tate say something against the wrong guy, pff, disappear, cancel the bank account, freezing, freeze up their assets. Don't you have that self-preservation a little bit when you talk about FTX a little bit like that?
2: No, no. I don't. Yeah, I'm not scared of these people at all. Let me tell you, the last thing I'm you're ever... Really, you're, a- really no. you're really not worried? You're really not the, the last thing I'm ever scared about is a nerd coming after me. I, I can tell you that.
3: Yeah, but it's not going to be a it's nerd. Not the nerd. After that's the whole point. It's the U.S. government, perhaps. It's the
2: nerd parents that <laughs> yeah. kept him doped up all oh. those years. Of what it is, oh. let me. I'm just not scared. Like, if I end up being a martyr. <laughs> So be it. We're going to take
3: a picture together after. I want I want to make
2: sure for that proof we of get... life. Yeah. Yeah. Look, here's here's the thing. I'm I'm built differently than most people. I, I just I don't have fear when it comes to this kind of stuff because I feel like I'm fighting a righteous battle. I feel like I'm on a god-given mission and I'm going at these people and I will not stop and I will be relentless. I always say you go back to the Catholic Church in the 1400s and you say this is the most corrupt organization that ever exists in the history of mankind. Mm. They 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 use the Bible. Burn you on the stake. That's what. Burn you on the stake. They used the Bible where they were the only people that could read it. Yeah. And so they had all the information. If you would have told them within the next two to 300 years, the Catholic Church would pretty much go kaput, I mean, it still exists, but not in the not same power the same structure way. that it did. Yeah. Those people told you were crazy. They would have said, You're fighting the wrong fight. You can't do this. But what happened? The printing press came out. And mm. within 100 years, the printing press came out. People started reading. And once people could read, they could see, holy crap, look at what these people are doing to us. We're in the new age of the printing press. I'm not saying anything that people don't know. Like, you know, the mainstream media thing is so funny because if you go and you look, I've done poll after poll after poll, 94 to 96% of people believe Sam Bankman-Fried is a terrible person and he does not deserve a second chance in crypto. Okay? 94 to 96%. If you go look at the comments on threads, it doesn't fit that because SBF and FTX and Alameda have a gigantic bot army and propaganda army. And we're going to be doing an expose on this improving this in the next couple of months. But w- when you look at the mainstream media and you look at the New York Times, you look at the Washington Post, you look at the Wall Street Journal, you look at Forbes, how is it that they have the opinion that only 4% of people have? A, Who are those 4% anyway? Uh, I believe most of them are people that misclicked. Misclick, I, yeah. I think the number on those polls is actually smaller. I think it's only one to two percent. I think it, you, you.
0: Yeah, I know. I was going to say just you read the the Forbes headlines and and I think one of the articles was trying to equate the Alameda shit show to far right wing conspiracy yeah, yeah. Or shit like that, and it yeah, was yeah. just like it's just like you're reaching so hard and it's embarrassing uh-huh. at this point. And you know it's actually depressing. It's a little bit depressing because like you look at even I don't like listen it's there's, inspiring. There's, I, there's I WSJ say. and and there's all these other yeah. outlets, but then you look at things like Forbes and you're like. How are you fucking this up? I just like going to you for business news. Yeah. Stop fucking up stuff like this.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's individual. It's individual journalist. Uh, Gretchen Morganson is an NBC journalist that we love. And she reports and she's hardcore. And like. Yeah, but she, it goes through an editor. She said she isn't. She told me she's never had someone take one of her pieces and ruin it. She's an independent journalist. She works for them. But um, Gretchen, I hope you're with me saying this. But she she says that she's never had problems with. Having to send through things through an editor and getting it debunked—it's other people writing stories. It's not one entity at the top, and I think it's because they know if they control all their all their reporters, then they're not going to get—you know—this is going to get much worse for them. Um, when you look at somebody like Andrew Ross Sorkin from the New York Times, this guy's bought off. He's been bought off by SBF and the and the, and the 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 Bankman family forever. He's been paid off by Goldman Sachs. He's I know this. He's literally been paid by the bank to have certain opinions and he literally lies in his articles and makes stuff up. Okay. So they're memes at this point. I this is not depressing. No, that's but it yeah. is,
0: but that's my point. It's so bad. It's not like But it's so it's so well. bad it's yeah.
2: it's so bad it's good.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. We've
2: hit listen, I I have almost single-handedly from documentary writers that we've started. I've created a new brand of journalism in the last month. It is. I'm going to kick your door down. I'm going to get the information. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to start a Twitter Spaces. I'm going to have people outside your house. I'm going to have Twitter talking about you so bad, you're not going to be able to get off the mat. So give me the information now before I have to take it. This is the kind of journalism that we've not seen before. Andrew Ross Sorkin does not have an army of people behind him willing to fight for him. Mm -hmm. He has zero of those people. Nobody likes the New York Times except the people that like to do the crosswords. Which, I don't know if you'll know this, Sam Trebucco, that was the CEO of Alameda, he wrote a lot of the crosswords for the New York Times. That's
0: funny. (laughs) didn't know that.
2: (laughs) Of course. Nobody knows that. Nobody sees the crossover there. But this kind of journalism, and I'm dead serious about pushing this further and further and further, is we are at a precipice in the history of media. We have defeated the mainstream media now. The mainstream media is officially dead. I'm calling it dead today on what what date is it what date is it today my my watch Wednesday Wednesday. November 30th 30th, the day I'm recording this the mainstream media the New York Times Washington Post they are dead the new future of journalism the new future of uh, investigative reporting is on YouTube and it's on Twitter and it's on Rumble and it's on all these platforms no one believes what they say no one so this is actually a great really inspirational motivational thing for people to say Let's push those people aside. Let's make them totally irrelevant. I understand if you want to, you know, answer forty-two across on your New York Times crossword puzzle, but you better not be going to them for information. They don't have it. I can in five minutes right now. I can go on Twitter and I can ask my community for documents, addresses, phone numbers, any information I want. If it exists, it'll be in my box in five minutes.
0: You crowdsource them. It's cra- that's
2: it it's crowdsourcing journalism yeah exactly i asked for information on on, on barbara and joe bankman or, or uh, joe bankman sam parents uh, sam, uh, sam <laughs> bankman parents sam bangman freed's parents you're getting barbara, you're getting barbara up. i All do i okay. do i do i do get a real emotion about this stuff but barbara freed and uh, alan joseph bankman yeah his grandparents have basically been scrubbed from the internet i said hey can somebody find me information on the grandparents i had it within five minutes I have mm-hmm. people's home addresses. They're, I'm, wow! Is, yeah, you you got to be
0: careful with that. Well, that's the yeah.
2: thing. That's the thing. So th- that's where that's where people. I'm not giving home addresses out. I'm going to get answers as a yes. reporter. I can do
3: that. So mm-hmm. I don't have to be. Catalogued. That's what reporters do. I mean, I sometimes yeah. I get calls from reporters related to beauty yeah. industry, and they they're really they can be very they, they'll, stalk me until. Until I just yeah. tell them leave me alone completely and I'll hang up the phone but they'll try to get information. Mm-hmm. So it's not wrong. It's only turning wrong where you when you use this If you this dox if doxy information. If you and I
2: do not dox information. Like I'm not asking for this stuff to tell people to go to people's houses. Yeah. I'm I, I want to recruit people to go down to the Bahamas and protest. I want to do that. I want to go stand right outside of Del Tech Bank, right outside of uh, uh, the government office, right outside of the Albany, and have a gigantic protest. See, this is where I think you should think about that,
3: because that is my point behind. Look, yeah. that's that's a person that's probably protected by people that you might not want to piss off. That that was my. He, we point. we were
2: right up to his house. Yeah, he's not. So it's know, a man. It, he it, the Bahamas. Myth. Bahamas. You know, he the is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the security guard didn't even want to kick us out. The people there don't like him. Interesting. They have to. They, they only are having to do their job because you got Joe and Barbara up at the top floor saying, he's live right now. Remove him, remove him, remove him. Now, I, look, I'm not scared of these people at all. And I'm going to continue to push. And I'm going to continue to go further and further and further. They're going to have to kill me to shut me up.
0: Well, now you got a you got a Twitter Spaces set up with him.
2: Well, supposedly he hasn't responded to me in, in forty eight hours now, so we'll see. Now he's doing a couple other shows. I told him the questions. I, I told him the question. How asking. many people come into your Twitter Spaces when you? Uh, well, the last few we've had between I think maybe six and ten thousand or so on each episode. while it's live, while it's live, yeah, really, yeah. yeah, that's just on Twitter Spaces. I mean, we we you know average probably around seven k on our YouTube live streams every day, even when this stuff isn't going. It on.
3: really killed Clubhouse, huh? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Clubhouse wasn't a proprietary technology. Yeah, so. so, you know, I mean, from the very beginning, that's why I never got big on Clubhouse. And short based on we're only now starting to really understand the power of uh, as a company. My time is just so—it's so—like, I'm here for two hours. It's hard for me to be here for two hours. Like, I it. Yeah. you know, my time is just so few and far between. Like, so I, I've been running for like seven days straight, like nonstop and probably longer than that, probably 10 days straight. And finally, today I was like, I'm gonna stay in the hotel room. I'm gonna sleep. I woke up at seven. I was like, I'm going back to sleep. Like I was checking Twitter and stuff. Like about nine o'clock, I went back to sleep. You know, and I, I I didn't wake up till twelve.
1: Did you know at Kroger, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in store. Same low prices. Same personalized deals. Same rewards with no hidden fees or markups on your same family favorites like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce. The only difference is you don't have to put on shoes. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: And now I'm way behind. <laughs> you know, like so I'm let so
1: me, me, Let me ask you one
3: more question, yeah. then I want Scott ask. I uh-huh. have quite a few questions. All right. So <laughs> when, when we're, we're going to have uh, today, actually, on <laughs> the show, um, Reeve, yeah, Reeve, the Paul, co-founder of, of Tether. Of Tether. Uh-huh. And I know that uh, you have some dilemma around Tether. If there are a few questions, no more than three, three
2: questions you want ask to ask, ask to ask them. Okay. Uh, the number one question I would ask is, are you solvent? <laughs> okay. are, are you solvent?
3: Let's write this down. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. Are
0: you because
2: the, the idea is, no, look, I I have not came out against Tether. Uh People, you, were,
3: you were in Bahamas. You were
0: outside of Tech bank. Yeah, Bank.
2: Tech Bank, who's their banking partner. Break it down to us. What happened when you went to Bahamas? Well, let me give you three questions first. Yes. Okay. I want to I honor your three questions. Sure. Number one, are you solvent? Number two, what is your relationship with Del Tech Bank? And number three, have you always been solvent? Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Are you okay. solvent now? Have you always been solvent? My opinion about Tether um, is that, just give you the 30,000 foot view, the way Tether was built was extremely criminal and extremely bad, but they're solvent now and they have all the money and they faked it till they made it. I don't think Tether is in danger of going under. I, I, that's why I see people—, people most of the people who are talking about Tether exposed or it's going to unpeg. Like, they're not really crypto people. I hear a lot of mainstream people talking about this because, like, it's fear that's been put in people's heads. Um, whether or not they always had the money, I don't know. But I, I do believe Tether does have the money. Now, that may come out to be untrue. We're investigating it right now. We're going to get down to the bottom of it. But it's just like a lot of the major companies in crypto. I would say with the exception of Coinbase, Coinbase does not fit this, is that a lot of them did what Sam did. A lot of them did what Alameda did. But they're too big to fail now. And I think that does give stability to Are they to the bigger than FTX, Tether? Oh Tether, yeah. Well, Tether is uh, well, yeah, yeah. Because Tether sixty five billion dollars.
0: Okay, but too big to fail. The concept of too big to fail assumes there's a bailout at a certain point because it would impact a group of people so large that government couldn't afford. So anybody who can't, isn't guaranteed a bailout isn't insured.
2: Mm, I just I disagree with that because I understand your point, your reasoning for why you're saying that. But for for me, when you look at Tether and there's sixty five billion dollars, it's more like in the beginning. They laundered a bunch of money. They hid a bunch of money. They have a ton of assets that we don't even know that they have. And they can use those assets if there were a bail. Like, let's say they actually have an insolvency, of $5 billion. They bail out themselves. They bail out themselves. Okay. Exactly. Uh, And there's a lot of Bitfinex, another company, um, you know, that's been heavily hit by the CFTC, had to remove America's Bitfinex and Tether, you know, Bitfinex started Tether um, in a roundabout way. There's a lot of ties there between Brock Pierce and OmniBlockchain and Tether and uh, some of that stuff. There was a big thing that happened back in... Oh, I want to say it was 2014. I don't, may not have that year correct, but basically to where they uh, sent a ton, like hundreds of millions of dollars to an auditor or something like that, and the auditor stole all the money, you know. And they kind of had, to, it, then they had to come out and say, well, we don't actually have one-to-one backing of U.S. dollars, but we have assets. I believe personally, Tether has enough assets to back up everything they have. It, they may have to, if it ever happened, if there was a bank run on Tether, which you're getting into a circular problem of why there would need to be a bank run on Tether. Like your Alameda was the number one holder of Tether. They had like eighteen percent of it or some some crazy, maybe it was twelve percent, some crazy number. But like, what's their motivation to go bank run on Tether? Mm-hmm. Knowing that if they pulled that much out, it make the whole thing collapse. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like what, it's like if Elon Musk went and took, sold all of his shares tomorrow of yeah. Tesla, what happens? It's just, it's kind of the same thing. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to name names. I'm going to say, I do not believe Coinbase is one of these companies. I think Coinbase started in the United States. I think, it, you know, when you look at something, uh, XR, Ripple, I don't think Ripple is one of these companies. It's a totally different kind of structure than, than exchanges. But you're saying
0: some were built more ethically than others.
2: Yes. A lot of your U.S. companies were built much more ethically than a lot of the ones that were overseas that doesn't mean the overseas ones are in trouble that doesn't mean they're ever going to be in trouble but it does mean that in the beginning of crypto there were a lot of bad actors and a lot of bad players and there's a lot of this was built in a very sketchy way but today i don't think it has gigantic effects now that's the three questions moving back to your question about going to deltech bank was that what you asked about what happened there
3: no just tell us because we understand you went there and uh, uh-huh. you tell us your experience going over there
2: yeah, so we certainly went over to the Bahamas for um, for Sam, but let's let's specifically talk about um, Delta Tech Bank. Okay, so what they're telling us now. Uh, okay, so now I, I now know the latest update on this, which is good. That I told you I was behind, didn't I? You did I've known that was there since this morning. I hadn't been able to check it. So basically, we went to the Bahamas to pursue Sam to pursue FTX um and you know to presume like i don't want to go beat him up or something like people think i'm down there bounty hunting trying to hog him you know which <laughs> did enter my mind but you know something i i, you know, I knew wasn't going to play well I, I don't want to turn him in him into the victim yeah but that's the whole thing is there's a very thin line that i walk between being aggressive and making sure i'm standing up for the people and that we're not becoming bullies that are going after people that don't need to be gone after. We're going after, we're bullying the bullies is what we're really doing. Um, and so we, you know, I went down there to get answers from him. And I, I want to go down there and give him a platform to be able to speak and answer hard, que- hard questions. Uh, eventually, if he doesn't talk, I'm going to show all the screenshots. Uh, and People are going to see the kind of questions that… Screenshots speak. from who? From Big Sam. Questions. Oh, from, oh, okay. You me and Sam said. have texted back and forth. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. He's agreed to do a Twitter Spaces with me, but then he agreed to do it with somebody else. And now it's so, we'll see. Do uh, you think he's placating just to? Well, I'm the only person that can help him. I'm the only person that can help Sam. Nobody else knows what I know. No, well, people on my team know what I know. These people that are running these Twitter spaces, I described it this morning. It's kind of like watching somebody on a blindfold describe a painting they've never seen. That's what it is. I don't have a blindfold. I can tell you what the painting looks like. It's got to be done in a methodical way because what am I going to do? Go give all the information to Gary Gensler so he can shred it because he was mean with him for six months. Uh, but I know a lot. I say, I believe I know more about what was going on at Alameda and FTX than even Sam himself knows. Uh, I, I think this thing goes up much higher. We know a lot of the interday operations. Uh, we know a lot of the players and I'm pretty sure I've got the entire architecture and structure down of the team of people that knew and did not know. Mm. We're still answering. We're going to be asking questions to some of these people. These is what I say. We're going to these people's door. I'm going to go knock on these people's door and, and sit there until somebody comes out and tells me the answers to what we're looking for or at least comes out and says, I'm not going to tell you what you're looking for, yeah. because there you yeah. go. We, we know why you're not saying anything. Come send your lawyer out to talk to me, whatever Let's it is. Let's focus,
3: so you got, you got over there. You, yeah. went, you went after um, after Sam, but then something else yes. happened that related to that. that, that, that so. so
2: one of the things that we wanted to do, I know I can go on so many rabbit trails with this, uh, we could really have a 47 hour podcast. I realize that, yeah. 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 Well, we we had documentary film crew with us, so people are gonna see everything eventually. But, so you,
0: we, Next time you're in Miami, we'll
2: do yeah. there's, there's okay. more shit. Yeah. The 47 hour podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm going to need a Red Bull. Okay, so anyways, the the point is, is one of the things we want to do while we're down there is go talk to Tether. And well, once we get down there and we start asking the questions like, okay, well, Tether's down there, but really, Dell Tech Bank is who we need to talk to. They're they're the the key connecting everything because they were the partner for FTX. They were the banking partner for Alameda and had a partnership with FTX. Technically, I do not believe they were the official banking uh, source for FTX. I think that they were. We just haven't been able to find that and confirm it. But they also were the bank for for Tether. And so we're like, let's go talk to the Tether people. Well, it was a weekend. And we're like, probably nobody's going to be there or whatever. We started investigating. And we're like, Deltec Bank's where we need to go. So we went to Deltec Bank. It was a very scary. (laughs) It was very scary because we pull up to Deltec Bank. There's nothing in there. Not a single thing. Concrete floors. Everything's been ripped off the wall. We start looking in the window. It's gone. It's not there. We go back. There's a security guard. I wish we would have went through the dumpster. And like we never... silly,
0: stu- like, stupid question, but you're <clears> sure <throat> you're at the right spot. 100%. Yeah, p-
2: th- this will make sense in a, in a few seconds, um, if I ever get to my point. <laughs> so we go out back, and we're looking out back. Security guard comes to us. Mm. Oh, no, they moved. We're like, okay, cool. They moved. Okay, that's great. So th- then they take us to a door that shows us where the address where they went is. It's across the street. It's <laughs> so like, cool, it's across the street. Um, now I will say when you look at that bank uh, when you are when you go on the inside of that bank and I look I can't tell you one way or the other but I can tell you that uh, I definitely a hundred percent know everything that was inside of that bank um, uh, I may know someone that walked inside and took a look around um, but maybe found some evidence actually inside of there but what i will tell you is it's not being refurbished (laughs) it's not actively refurbished and we know we went there on monday as well monday workday nothing's going on there there's a security guard out out back that just sits there no employees no no no, there's nobody there's one security guard there no no employees it's a it's It's, it's that's the new address no this is this is the old address still. Okay. Guys, okay. so so it's the thing on the sign says it's being refurbished. Oh, I understand. Okay, so the it's not, not being work. refurbished. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's not being refurbished. It's been broken down and it's sitting there. We go to the bank on Sunday. Well, to, I, I to, just gotta say sometimes you have to wait for permits.
3: Yeah. Nothing happens for a while and then you start. That's why you might not have seen any kind of work. Fair. On,
2: fair right? Fair possible possibly that could be going on. Yeah. It's not actively being refurbished as we speak. I would like to get the timeline to find out when it started that. Um, I know that they I know for 100% sure that people were in that building in 2013 um, is one thing I will say. But um, people will find out more about what that means uh, probably in a couple of weeks. But we went to the new bank and there's security guard the new bank. And security guard, we go out back, it's a Sunday. We make a video out there, you know, like check, oh, here I am at Dell Tech Bank, you know, whatever. and. Our narrative when we went, like, what we wanted to uncover is there's nothing to uncover. That's what we were hoping. Like, because when I pulled up to that bank and there was nothing in the windows, I was scared. I was like, what have we uncovered here? We found out it's being refurbished? It's moved to another place? Good. We want Tether to be okay. Yeah. We don't want Tether to be a scam. We don't want Dell Tech Bank to be a scam. That's bad for crypto. Like, we hope, regardless of how it was built, that it's in good standing now, right? <clears throat> so we go and we talk to security guard and say, this Dell Tech Bank and Say. like, yeah, man, it's you know, it's a guy from Bahamas. Like, where he's like, they're on the fifth floor. It's like, okay, can we go in? He said, no, it's a weekend. Sometimes they come in on the weekend, sometimes they don't, but it's on the weekend. Like, there's nobody there. So, okay, what time do they get here in the morning? He said, about eight o'clock. They get here in the morning. So, okay, cool. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So, I make a little video talking about, like, hey, guys, like, actually, we were there. We were kind of scared that, uh, you know, there was, um, you know, there was nothing there. We're over here. They're telling us there's people that work there. He said, 10 people go in there every day, whatever the case. And so we show up the next day. So next day we go in there. We meant to get there at 8, but uh, we ended up having to change our flight. And so we got there about 9.30. We get there at 9.30. The moment we pull on the property, there's a security guard out there just looking at us, smiling. He had this look on his face like, he they, they're waiting on us. Also, somebody told me, that security guard, uh, now I don't know if this to be true, someone told me they work in the building, and that they, they don't usually have security there. They literally went and got a security guard to sit outside and wait for us. We show up. Immediately as we pull on, he's smart. Telling,
0: I want to take a second and think, indeed, they're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers. 37,000, That's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system, 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable, actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash clary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse, your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company, and it's really affordable. with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all success story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. me They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get twenty percent off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindelete.me.com/success and use promo code Success at checkout. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindelete.me.com/success and enter code Success at checkout. J O I N D E L E T E M E dot com/success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now, I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Let's
2: go. telling us to go. Well, we don't take no for an answer, so we parked anyways and got out. Um, And uh, so what's going on? He said, yeah, they said they don't want to talk to you. You're not allowed to be here. I said, oh, we're not allowed to be here. He said, yeah. I said, what? Tell them to come talk to us. All we want is we want for them to come talk to us. That's it. Just come talk. Like, we want your story to be good. Like, we're not coming to attack you. We actually want to come and get the, the answers so that people know that you're okay. Like, you should want to invite me up there and have this conversation and end this. you through the office, okay, good. Everything looks good, you know? 100%. 100%. So, um, the guy kept saying it's prior property. Well, here's an interesting thing about the Bahamas. Let me tell you, we met so many great people from the Bahamas. We never had one bad interaction with somebody that was from the Bahamas. Only bad interactions we had were with foreigners that <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not Bahamas citizens or weren't, weren't, we're natives. Yeah. Okay. So even that security guard, even the security guard that kicks out of the Albany, they were smart. So, they, they were in support of what we were doing. They want this stuff to be uncovered, but they were just like, uh, what can I, you know, but don't you
3: think sometimes it happens where look, when our journalist is coming in, we just there's nothing to talk about. Don't put him and especially when it comes down to you, you're very outspoken and yeah. some people might view as the Alex Jones and I'm picking a from <laughs> they do you say of Yeah. <laughs> <of the, laughs> don't make know, me so take my shirt off here and talk about now, frogs. Now, uh, Listening to you I understand you, you genuinely want to find good, yeah. right? But then some other people might see the like, listen, I don't want to I don't want to mean I'm busy. Uh-huh. It's just and sure. I, that may be a lot more simple uh-huh. as an explanation than just building a hole. Because there was yeah. th- th- that's what happened, right? They just did let you in right or we ended up running oh there's through. more oh there's, there's more no, we're, gonna get to, we're,
2: we're gonna get to more okay but, let's go let's go uh, and i'm totally Ignore good it. i'm totally good with people like not wanting to talk to me but i'm gonna come metaphorically kick your door in and throw a okay. digital sledgehammer through your window and you're gonna talk to me all right you don't you, you don't have a choice yeah. come out and talk to me or else we are going to throw you under the bus so hard that you're not going to be able to get back up okay. because it's time we get the answers the mainstream ma- media They're pussies and we're not and we're going to come get the information because the people deserve it. You can't have a bank with $65 billion from one company and not have accountability. That's over. Like we're in a new day and a new time and I really hope people are starting to grasp and understand this. So yeah, Dell Tech, if you don't want to come talk to me, that's great. You want to talk about your Bank Secrecy Act, which is in the Bahamas. I know you don't care about any of that stuff. We're going to get it one way or the other. So your best option is to come out and give it to us freely. You're going to come off a lot better. And so um, I'll talk about what they said in the email just now um, here in a moment. But basically, they come and they kick us off the property. Well, once again, remember, nobody in the Bahamas, everyone in the Bahamas wants us to get these stories. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the Bahamas, they they don't want to arrest us. So we go stand right on the property line. And guess what? Nobody comes. The security guard just stands on the property line. We're on a Twitter spaces. We're YouTube live streaming. We're yelling. We're pointing up guy in the window of the deltech floor looks down and flicks us off <laughs> what I mean, did, did you know by the way that deltech paint was started by the guy who created inspector gadget <laughs> wait so he chose someone the who's the working show? over there. yes you can't you can't make this stuff uh, I, we're not going to get it it's a kid show. anyways yeah. the point is isn't you know, that crazy but anyways th- this is how professional this company is is they literally have 10 employees uh according to what we heard and one of them is up in the window flicking us off can you imagine if your Bank of America teller did that? Yeah,
3: they'd probably be I
0: mean, fired.
2: They'd be fired immediately, yeah. right?
3: Yeah,
0: it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk to the press, but yeah. don't,
2: don't, yeah. don't make us look that you bad. Expect the
3: bank that that bugs <laughs> tens billion? of billions of dollars uh-huh. to be a little bit more professional. Yes. Yeah. So you're
2: you're now starting to see this, right? So yes. so we sit there and we're live streaming, and so they're not coming out. We're t- there are people coming out that are wanting to talk to us. We're like, we can't really tell you much right now, but just know we really support you being here. People that work in the building wow. on the other floors, other
0: floors, but not other the floors. Floor.
2: Okay. okay. <clears throat> so finally, we say, okay, all right, that's fine. We're gonna walk back to the bank. We're gonna walk back over to uh, the other bank because it's right across the street. I said, because basically it's this. Hey guys, they say this bank's re- being refurbished. Let's go show you what's going on over this one, and and then we'll be we'll be back over there. We're not leaving till we get this stuff. So it was amazing. As soon as we walk to the other bank, here comes a white SUV with people from the bank want to talk to us. They huh. didn't want us to show what was in that bank.
3: Oh.
0: So. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Once again, I think we look at how so long it's being refurbished, uh, and I, I, I will tell those people, I have evidence. <laughs> I have things that we found, literal documents that you left laying around at the bank. We have that. Hmm. Uh, so... And we have multiple copies of it, too. So if they want to come after me, that's fine. I don't want to have it's to It's going to still come out. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's going to still come out. Come shoot me. It's still going to come out. OK, yeah. so we have stuff that they don't even know that we have that is potentially condemning. Now, we're still going through a lot of that stuff and going through phone numbers and meetings and times and dates. So I'm not going to tell you right now I've got a smoking gun on it. But I'm telling you, we got a lot of evidence. But on the, whole, the
0: whole takeaway is that a lot of the infrastructure supporting crypto is Bush Leagues at best. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just for amateur, sure. Amateur it's account. amateur hour
2: all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Delta Tech Bank's been around since 1987. It's not, it's not a brand new bank that just popped up overnight, right? Uh, and people are looking at that Farmington, the Moonstone Bank that's up in in, in Washington, which we're also probably going to go to as well and get answers there. But so what happens is the lady comes out and talks to us. She's a very nice lady, right? Um, I think her hands are tied, I think. I am actually going to be talking to somebody who had a direct interaction with her on the phone probably when I leave One here. One of the
0: representatives that came up from the bank. Well,
2: yeah, uh, her name was, uh, I think, Janae is her name. She asked not to be on camera, but we turned the cameras off and talked. And we said, okay. And so we asked her, we said, okay, well, what do we need to do? She said, well, give us some s- some written questions and we will get, get back to you. I said, well, you know, that's fine. We'll give you a written question. We're coming to get an interview. Like, it behooves you to let us come up and do this on the fifth floor and clear this up. And she said, okay, we'll see what we can do. We'll talk. So then they respond to us the next day and said, well, you know, like, uh, we can't answer a lot of these questions because of Bank Secrecy Act. And, you know, I, I don't know if they think we're not coming back. Like, they tried to just push us off is what they tried to do. So right now, what did, they, what did they send you? Well, so so we asked them, okay, well, we'll come back on Friday. And so they said, well, you know, we the best we can do is written answers to some of your questions. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so that's what they just said. That's what they just responded and said, like, yeah, we're not going to be conducting in person. That's fine. We're bringing protesters. We're going to bring a whole army of people that FTX is screwed, and we're going to stand right on your property line until you come out. So
3: this is this is all FTX. This is not not related to to Tether.
2: No, well, right now, it's Alameda and FTX are the banking partner of Deltech. It's all t- it's all t- it's all tied together because yeah. one of the things that came out while we were there, uh, Lincoln Bain. So Lincoln Bain's a guy <clears throat> that is an activist politician there in the Bahamas. Almost every we talked to pro. We asked probably twenty people from Bahamas what their opinion of him was. Eighteen of them over the moon love the guy. He, I told him this morning when we were texting. I said you, we fight the same fight. You know, we're we're fighting the same kind of thing. One person was like, ah, all politicians are corrupt, and then one person who worked for the bank was like, eh, I wonder why. You know. Yeah. So we go and we have a live stream with him, and, and we're talking. He's showing his documents. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff that people like. We broke the story that. Uh, ftx and alameda were basically laundering money through the real estate um so on october 19th now we don't even have all of the listings for this company uh and they're so they're so sloppy they're all so freaking bushly it's unbelievable if you're gonna launder money through now i've never laundered money okay but i'm just saying if i were to launder money and i were to do it through real estate and my the name of my company was ftx digital markets and also alameda research if those are the names of my company, and I want to create a shell company in order to launder money through real estate, do you think I should call it FTX Property Holdings and Alameda Property Holdings? That would Property be a Holdings? great
3: idea. That would be this way you remember. Yeah, this <laughs> this
2: way is definitely tied together. Yeah. So somewhere in the somewhere in the recent uh, in the last year, I don't have a date on this. They created uh, uh, FTX Property Holdings, and they started buying real estate through that. Well, now this, this
3: you do it when you don't think you're going to get caught. Right, you do this when you think I'm outside. I'm oh, there's so much, so much reason yes. why they didn't
2: think they were caught. Yeah, yeah. What do yeah. they do with it? They were, t- I mean, part of these customer funds. They were taking out and putting in real estate in the Bahamas. That's what they're doing.
3: So far, they're they're, discl- they're showing off that there's about nine hundred million dollar worth of properties. Seventy-two million dollar condo. Uh, well, the, condo the number, the numbers, the numbers actually
2: is it thirty? The, the penthouse was thirty million dollars. The mom's house is $16 million. It's in Old Fort Bay. That's another gated community similar to Albany. Those two are actually in Sam's name and his parents' names. All the other ones are in FTX property holdings. There's a total of about $138.5 million of what we know for that one one listing. On October 19th, three weeks before the insolvency, they created an additional company, Alameda Property uh, Holdings. We don't even know everything they put up under that umbrella. That was, they created that company and we're funneling money out like crazy. We think in the Bahamas alone, the number could be somewhere around $300 million. But we're also told they did this in Dubai too. Oh, They've got other places around the world for property. They were also doing this. So if that's the case, so then I have a question.
0: I have a question. So if you look at reserve fractional banking where mm-hmm. banks have money but they only have to keep so much in that's reserve. Th-
2: that's over they don't do that anymore do they not do that at all no fractional reserve banking got destroyed got cut out during the pandemic in 2020 yeah. they, they don't have they to hold took it off
0: they took oh, off completely that. oh i didn't know that yeah they're all all the I banks mean, are insolvent. it was
3: eight <laughs> percent they call it the Basel yeah, yeah, yeah. were during doing that but they're gonna reinstating it now little by little there's like a load testing say. what they're trying well, they're to are t- t-
2: testing, yes.
0: right yes. Yeah. yeah no my point is so they didn't have to keep all the money in the actual bank so when you speak about, okay. But yeah. this is
2: not regulated. This no, is I know. Not, yeah.
0: So then if FTX takes some money, it's, it's well, laundering, not law. it's embezzlement.
2: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm, point, I'm not a lawyer, but yeah.
0: No, no, but the point is, um, like, is there, obviously, I, I want to ask this question, but I don't want to make it sound like it's obvious. So obviously they shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Obviously they shouldn't do that. But legally. I don't know. There's 4% of people that said it was okay. Legally, when they took the money. Yeah. Was that something that you were signing up for? Like, is there okay. actual criminal? Great question.
2: Great, great question. Fantastic question. Num- number one, with banks, they're all insolvent. That's why a bank run is called a bank run. If yeah. we because there's no fractional reserve banking. If we all went to the bank today, man, I wish we could get people to do this. If we all went to the bank today. If I want to take five thousand dollars out my account and take to Las Vegas to, to play poker with, I've got to call a week ahead of yeah, time. I know five thousand dollars, guys. That's not that much money. I know it might be that's a lot what of money. Got to do today. Uh-huh, from, yeah, for, dude, from our you, bank. yeah. You can't... You can't get cash. They very, don't have it's cash. It's very hard
0: to take cash out of, like, a lot of cash out of a bank. Sometimes, if you want to take, like, 30000 out, you got to go to, like, two, three banks. Uh-huh,
3: yeah. Or they don't have it. They,
0: they don't have it. At, or they don't let you. They're no, like, they, oh, yeah.
2: They yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, so So what, let's first make a distinction. This is why crypto exists, is reaction to things like yes. that, right? These, it's not perfect yet. I believe we will get there to a better system using crypto and, and Bitcoin. But when it comes to what what's happening in our banking world, this... This is why Alameda did this. They, call, they come from Jane Street Trading. They, they come from traditional markets. They just try to bring to crypto what they're already doing in the banks. That's the biggest scam of the whole thing mm. is that's what all the banks are doing. Why do you think Goldman Sachs pays off Andrew Ross working to write flood pieces? The banks know what they do and they have to have good press all the time. So th- that's the first part of this. The The second part of this is where you are discussing is this basically a crime to customers? No. With Celsius, okay, Celsius was a lending platform and had an earn program. So when you put your money on there, you understood they were taking that money and they were leveraging it, hopefully in a safe way, it wasn't a safe way, but hopefully in a safe way in order to earn you yield, to earn the company yield, and you got a percentage of that. Basically, the same exact thing that banks do, right? Gemini. Gemini had an earned program as well. Well, Gemini's earned program was backed by Genesis uh, Jesus Trading that's had a lot of problems. And now all the customers that were earning on that EARN program, their profits on their yield are locked up. Their actual money that they put in, they can still withdraw and is not gone. But the EARN program piece is, right? Mm. When you sign up for those programs, you understand that's happening. When you sign up on an exchange to sit your money there for it to just sit, no, that's a crime. You cannot take customers' funds and do whatever you want to with it even though banks do that. Even though banks do. Yes, I know. <laughs> even though banks do, right? <laughs> it, you're not allowed to do that. It's fraud. You're lying to your customers because what's, what's the difference in taking the funds to buy pizza and taking the funds to invest in something if the people think their funds are there? This is what it creates. It creates a website that is zeros and ones of what is in an account, and it might as well be a Photoshop PDF. Mm-hmm. there's nothing backing it internally and that's why everybody ends up in this situation is because they trusted ftx too much and they thought that everything was going to be okay and they thought their funds were safe how do you, Even how, tell- do
3: you how do you know now if they're deregulated and this was a centralized exchange right yeah of course but still if you are centralized do you think they should be governed by say, the U.S. or something else if they're traded in the U.S.
2: Because great question.
3: Okay, or no matter what.
2: These are things I love talking about. The only person that is worse uh, than Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, look, there's a chance Sam Bankman-Fried has been played in all this and he's not actually as bad as we think he is. That's kind of some stuff we're uncovering is that there's an infrastructure behind him that's the mechanism for turning this wheel. And I think he actually may have been naive in a lot of, like I said, I think I know more about what's going on than he did, right? But when you look at um, uh, what was it? I lost my train of thought? What was
3: it? I will remind you my question, please. So Thank if you. you are a des- if you're a decentralized, you're a decentralized. Okay, regulation. No okay. One, Yeah, but if you are centralized, don't you need to at least at okay. that point? So regulate the person,
2: them? the person that is more responsible than Sam Bankman fried the person that's more responsible than any human that exists on Earth for people losing their money is Gary Gensler, the SEC chair. Okay, he his job is to create clarity and regulation in in the security space, which means, in crypto, we don't have any, basically. He has a responsibility to create that. Instead, he's got sidetracked with letter after letter after letter, going after person after person after person, exchange after exchange after exchange, except for FTX, he's meeting with Sam, which we can get into the to the crazy, uh, you know, things there as well, considering that Sam's girlfriend, Caroline, who was the CEO of Alameda, her dad was Gary Gensler's direct boss at MIT. That's another story. But the fact here is Gary Gensler has, a, has had a dereliction of duty. He hasn't created any clarity. He's only done it through enforcement. I try to compare the SEC. What but it's
0: enforcement with, is settlements, which isn't clarity.
2: Exactly, and even within that, like even when the XRP case is over, the Ripple case, there's going to be so many redactions. Like we're not no, going to get that,
3: pressed. Now you're going into the details of this. No, no 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 no, no, no,
2: no, 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 This is important. Okay. The, the reason is, no company will register in the United States now. Mm. No, because of you're Gary Gensler. In the lack of clarity, Coinbase and Gemini, well, Gemini's got the bit license. Coinbase is kind of grandfathered in. Like I said, I think think they have been a better actor than most of the other actors in the space. Not perfect, but um, you're not going to get any exchange is going to come register here. Why would they register in a world where they have no idea what they're stepping into? Once again, it's like describing an art piece while you're blindfolded. Like what regulation is going to look like for these companies when they register? They have no idea. Assuming he was doing it right,
3: right? Assuming next person after him will do it right. Do you think philosophically, an exchange, a, a
2: centralized exchange
3: should be regulated yeah. properly, right? Ab-
2: absolutely. Yep. A- okay. Absolutely. But we're, we're still at a, a fundamental misunderstanding of so many pieces about crypto to where there are not people in place that can make those decisions well mm-hmm. right yes. now. And, and if those decisions are made too early, it's going to stifle innovation. And if they're made too late, it's going to crush retail uh, sentiment and confidence, right? So we have a bill right now and we're supposed to get it hopefully funded. We've been talking about getting it funded. It's hard to raise money in a bear market. It's $3.7 yes. million dollars what we're raising for it. Um, but but our bill is a mechanism to, to create crypto regulation. We're not like Sam trying to tell people what we think should happen. We're trying to create kind of like a body that makes those decisions that has crypto representation. A body that can actually make these decisions in a in an informed way not just like elizabeth warren reactionary like environment's bad so let's ban bitcoin you Mm -hmm. know like you know or bitcoin people that are educated that are knowledgeable that are yeah okay yeah that we need people that fit the philosophies of crypto represented there too right like obviously you're gonna have to have like Good cops, bad cops, people in the middle, people from different expertise, but we've got to have some of the people that wrap up the ideals of what crypto was started as to keep the integrity of it. So because of all that, uh, you know, we don't have the regulation in place to be able to invite people to come here. Yes, centralized exchanges, if it's not obvious, centralized exchanges need regulation. Sam was trying to destroy DeFi and decentralization, which is so ironic because yeah. there's never been a bigger walking billboard for you know or, or neon light for decentralization than what we've just gone through. Hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: Yep. Um, okay. So, question number two. Question number two. <laughs> <laughs> Out of forty-nine questions. Yeah, okay. Here we go. How do we How do we stop all this from happening again? Yeah. So you know what's the so we have Coinbase, which is regulated, centralized, and that's Uh they're acting well. They're you know they're doing a good job, but nobody real many people didn't see FTX coming. Right. So what's the lesson that we have to take into the the future? You're sort of pushing Mm -hmm. Tether now. I can see this is like a a thread you're following. Oh yeah. There's so
2: much more. We're just.
0: I know. So I see it. So uh, all the companies that have either come to the point right now where uh, maybe they are acting properly now, but maybe yeah. they didn't get there. Okay, so whatever. You can expose some things, but ultimately they're not going to change their ways. They can't change their history. But going forward, yes, how do we do things right?
2: Yeah, the important thing is going forward. Because, like, look, do I want to see people thrown into jail over this FTX situation? Yeah, absolutely. I want to see people go into prison. I believe that there will be a fall guy, and, you know, there, there's a, a map for that that has been done with some other things similar to where I think I know who it's going to be. But— I want to see people go to prison, but not because I want people to be punished. Like, I want people to go to prison to prevent this from happening again. That's what I care about so much. Crypto was born out of libertarian ideals, right? I certainly ascribe to a lot of those ideals. People probably know which side of the politics I'm on like in general. But when it comes to like libertarian values, almost everybody that really is deeply entrenched in crypto shares some of those, right? Freedom. Freedom and financial privacy, you know, sovereignty yeah. of your own money—like those are things that, that we care about, and we want to return the space to that. Now, your Bitcoin maximalists will tell you Bitcoin's the only way there. I'm more realistic in terms of I do believe Bitcoin does eventually become the world reserve currency, but I think it's 25, 50 years down the road. It's a long battle before then. And we've got to all work together on all fronts to try to get it to where it needs to be. Right? We have got to stop looking at our portfolios and saying it is great for BlackRock to come into crypto. It is great for the Wall Street to come into crypto. It's not. It's not great for these people to come into crypto because they want to destroy it from the inside. And I said this last year, like, the way institutions and banks want to destroy crypto is from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. They can't touch it from the outside. It's like, even if there are laws against DeFi, even if they come out with laws against decentralization, you can still do it. Yeah, you, you, you still do it. It's like it's like living in China. Like you got a digital fence there; you can't get around stuff. Use a VPN. You can still. You no, know, eventually, stuff
3: there. when the community is big enough, any politician looks at the demographic and tell himself, "Look, if I'm going to go uh-huh. against decentralized, I am not going to get elected again. Therefore, I have to support whatever it is. So it, it's yes. just a matter of kind of like get big or die in that size of the community. Otherwise, it's not gonna But but crypto is too big. Already, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think that I think that, especially in certain areas, if you're if you're in the West Coast or so on, where it's a little bit more, yeah, I feel like people are gonna have a hard time, kind of yeah. going and getting elected. Like, yeah. I agree.
2: What? Well, and I can tell you because I'm I'm very plugged into this political world. What you said is a hundred percent accurate. The Democrats have came out against crypto. They're recanting that. Mm. That there is now a move to the next Democratic presidential candidate will be pro-crypto. It's not who you think it's going to be. There's already a movement. I don't know if anybody can understand this. Joe Biden's not going to be the next president. The Democrats have already chosen who it's going to be, and this person is pro-crypto. They are looking back. How do you say that with such authority? Because I know the lobbyists, I know the politicians, and I know the the Democratic Party. Who is the person? Well, I can't give you Oh, you want me to tell you who the person is? Yeah. I'll say the person is Gavin Newsom.
3: Well, he already announced that he's not going to go against Biden. We'll see. We'll see.
2: We'll see. Right. We'll that's see not a, that's, I'm super curious. That's not, that, that, that's not a popular sentiment right now, right? <laughs> like, why, in the, when midterm elections are going out, he's going to come out and say he's not going to do it? Basically, there is there is a group of uh, uh, Democratic lobbyists or committee, whatever. I, I'm not. I'm just getting new to this world, but basically, they choose who the presidential candidate. Is. Why do you think Bernie Sanders didn't have a chance? Joe Biden was always chosen to be the person. They don't like Joe Biden anymore. They've turned south on him. He makes them look bad. I, they don't think he can win the next election. Uh, Gavin Newsom's going to end up. We'll, we'll see. To quote this, uh, screenshot it, uh, you know, r- remind me tweet in two years.
3: Right, that's since, since you, you touched yeah. that part, do you think the election were rigged in 2020?
2: Well, I can't get canceled on Twitter anymore. Thanks, Elon Musk. I can tell you what i ever think. No, no, look, I, look, <laughs> look,
3: look. I,
2: I, but they can cancel Twitter on Apple. So <laughs> that can happen. Well, I've been saying that's a very scary thing. Here, here's what I'll tell you about elections. We have to move them to blockchain, but it's not there oh. yet. Once things get moved to blockchain in a way that is smart... Um, and it, it is done where literally fraud will not be possible in that we're going to be a much better place. I don't Perhaps know if you guys that's could,
3: why they wouldn't let it go to blockchain. If they did
2: rig the election, why would they? It, because they can't keep rigging it and getting away with it. I'm not saying they did rig it. OK, I'm just saying if they did rig it. So you don't you don't think so. I, you I said believe, for sure they did not. I, like I believe the election. be um, So careful what I say here. Um, I believe that when it comes to the elections at minimum yeah. the, the pandemic was used in a way to favor one party heavily. Okay. At, that's at minimum. Now right. at maximum you get into conspiracies, people pulling out ballot box whatever. To me That's not really what's that important because.
0: No, uh, leveraging fear for news cycles and
3: eventually a vote is a pretty big deal. And that's pretty obvious.
2: We
0: we,
3: we don't want to be suppressed on our views in this uh, (laughs) this podcast. Let's continue. There we we go. We don't know. We don't know. That's what you're saying. (laughs)
2: I I don't know for sure. And and I I will tell you, though, I have talked to people that are heavily on the inside of that that I do trust that say that the idea that it was completely rigged is way overstated and not close to reality. But, but obviously there are some things that were used at minimum. Now, I'm not saying those people are correct, you but...
0: You know, it's fucking annoying. It's you like you do you, have
2: a self-preservation. I, I like
3: that now. Now
0: I understand. <laughs> that people think I just
2: fire off the hip. Like I'm very, I'm, I'm much more calculated with the things I say. You know i No, you're, I'm saying no you're,
0: yeah. you're a smart dude. Um, but it's annoying when you look at the news, like just thinking about leveraging fear and news cycle to achieve a result yeah. versus lack of coverage for something mm-hmm. that's an actual issue. Yeah. That's what's, that's really fucking annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. you think about how many, like... Scare articles about COVID, and yeah, okay, people are stressed out. But like, you can't tell me that news didn't push that fear and ingrain that fear in people 100%. by showing up every single day. New strains, new this, new that. Nothing's working. More people dying. Like, but then nothing. Crickets on. Yeah.
2: Eight but it, billion but it's dollars great. lost. It's it's great though. Once again, because this has led them to having zero credibility. Yeah. Yeah. The future of media is YouTube, Rumble, Twitter. That's a yeah, in my media.
3: in my country, for instance, uh, media. Which country is that? Israel. Israel, okay, I'm from Israel. So the media was for many years. I mean, what you see over here in America, we've had this, I mean, now it's much more polarizing. America today is not what it used to be. When you look at uh, Democrats versus Republicans, yeah. it's just, it's all about the extremists on both sides. It's not really what it used to be in the 80s. What you see today, it's what we've seen in Israel, I want to say in the 90s. And then it turned back uh, to a point that things started changing. Yeah. Now you had some alternative. Mm-hmm. We had alternative channels before the internet provided that mm-hmm. to us. It's like, we've seen that before and it, it goes back in a circle.
2: Yeah, and, and I think and I think that's the important thing to talk about the elections too. I'm not bringing back to that, but it, it's very in sync. Like people think at this point, like, well, you know, there's no point in voting. Democrats are gonna win, pre- they're gonna win everything forever because the system is set up. That's not the way politics work. It always swings back and forth. It always, it, swings. It, it always swings. And so with the media, I, I think the media is at a point where it can't swing. Uh, because we're in a new age of news delivery, right? Fox News, CNN, Newsmax, CNBC, MSNBC, whatever you want to look at there, like they're just not going to be the delivery channel for New New York Times. They're not the the delivery for news.
0: It's like reporting, like you said, reporting, whatever, 2.0, 3.0. It's like we already figured out like content consumption distribution that's already migrated social. So now it's I love it like citizen journalism. Yeah, I, li-
3: I like I like taking <clears throat> lines from other people. Someone said, "How do you know if a news channel is is biased?" Well, say you look at CNN and Fox News, right? Fox News said nothing positive about Obama, only negative, and look mm-hmm. at CNN, everything was negative about Trump, nothing positive. That's how you know yep. that they're cooking your brain. They're not trying to give you any true information they're manufacturing it and that's how you know they're not and that's where people start looking outside some yeah. people yeah not. well
2: and they're all owned by the same people i mean yeah. blackrock and vanguard are the top holders in almost every media company
3: oh wow
2: yeah cause, cause one of their biggest you know uh one of their biggest holdings uh the company that owns, you know cnbc you know mm. um which is financial channel now i will say to be fair I've had mostly good interactions with CNBC, so I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Um, to, to me, that's what's important is my personal relationship with some of these companies and how, yeah. they tr- how they treat me. CNBC came out to do a hit piece on me at my office. They came out of my studio and filmed a video that was very obvious when we were answering questions. Uh, they, they tried to okie doke me. I have a bankruptcy in my past. So when I was 21, when I was in the middle of my addiction, I filed a bankruptcy. I, had big ga- I was gambling. <laughs> no shocker, probably. Like, I like to take gambles. Like, I was big gambling online, losing money, yeah. all kinds of stuff, and like— one of the questions that got asked during this interview was like so you fought for bankruptcy <laughs> and i was like yeah we already talked about the addiction stuff i was in the bottom of my life yeah obviously but they tried to okie doke me with a question nobody's ever even heard that before it never even made public so maybe i'm announcing right now i had a bankruptcy when i was 21. Um, which is not even a big it's, <laughs> it's not a not big, big, deal, big deal right <laughs> but it's like the, the round of questioning on coins we talked about and stuff is was like oh no like but i think they came to my office and they talked to my employees and they looked around they were like this isn't the guy that people think that he is. And yeah. so they actually came out it wasn't a bad piece on me. It was fair. I just care about being fair. Like, yeah. certainly people can ask questions and criticize me, but just be fair. My, my my experience with CNBC has been, they've been very fair to me and I will take that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why we, That's why I love podcasts, actually. Because <clears throat> yeah. we don't chop it. Like, we don't uh, add stuff It's just everybody. like, yeah. Uh, we definitely don't do that, God forbid. But I mean, what about the like...
2: part where I told him to come kill me? Are you going to edit that out? <laughs> no. Like, uh, the,
3: the thing is, the thing is, we, we
2: with,
0: our,
3: with our podcast. We have one thing we want to come out smarter. Yeah. Every time we talk to someone, yeah. and, and I'm definitely enjoying this because I am learning. And how and and so being
0: smarter means you you cross some boundaries in terms of like uh-huh. you know trending very very emotional shit that people are yeah. dealing with.
3: That alcohol was supposed to make you say everything, but you're already
2: <laughs> You're already
3: Open. Up, I don't like, need it. Like I told a, you a, i yes, have no overshare. All right. What do we
0: What do we not do? I mean. Um, I don't want to do like the whole like go through coins and shit because that's really cheap. I, I, I'm
3: gonna ask you something though.
0: Some of them are even be... cheaper right now. I
3: have, I have, oh, I have,
2: a can question. Can I ask one more question? Sure, sure. Go ahead, go ahead.
3: Why were you getting
0: yelled at yesterday on stuff?
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> well, there, look, there's there is a thread on Twitter. This guy Zach XBT. He's like you know kind of like uh he's like a less good journalist than me. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Uh, uh but uh, you know the point is like he's a guy that was exposing stuff and has been exposing He's done a lot of good stuff in the space. Him and Coffeezilla are two guys that have really done a lot of good stuff. They busted off a lot of good scams um, and things like that. However, to be able to keep up their, you know, what they do, like sometimes they give incomplete information or sometimes I think they talk— like CoffeeZilla has always been fair to me. CoffeeZilla has always talked to me and asked me questions before he put something out about me, and he hasn't really put out terrible stuff about me out there. Uh, Zach never did. Um, Zach would just like to go and attack me for stuff, and he hasn't attacked me much over the last year because there's not a lot to attack. Uh, so he put out this very famous Twitter thread about me last January, in January, about a year ago, um, that was about projects that I covered. About half of it was factually incorrect. He had a, like one thing he said, we covered a coin that rug pulled and blah, blah, blah. No, they just rebranded and it's a different ticker. Like, the project's still there, the website's still up, it still works. They rebranded so you didn't actually do the full research on that. You just saw a coin and you stopped there and said, oh, it was a scam, but it actually wasn't. Some of the projects they brought up in there, yeah, they turned out to be scams. I didn't know they were scams. Oh, this was back to what we were talking about before. Back to what we were talking about before. <laughs> and this, this woman at the conference was going off on you. Off that same thread. That's okay. what when CNBC came to my office, that's what they want to dig into is that thread over and over and over again. We get. Gotcha. I did a 160 tweet response to that that exists on Twitter. People want to know exactly my response to every single thing, every single one of those accusations. They go back and look. But at the end of the day, there is no... The, I have remorse for mistakes that I made, mm-hmm. for sure. And I've owned that. No person in crypto has owned their mistakes more than me. And so first, we, we had not done a sponsored video in a year, and we'll never do a coin or token promotion video again. So she came on, she, she tried to rush the stage where they, you know, stopped her from. But basically all she wanted to do was talk about how bad of a person that I was based on this Twitter thread that she actually had no knowledge or evidence herself on. She was just reading tweets. And so I made the point like, you know, this lady's a child molester. Why, why can I not say that? Because mm-hmm. you can just, all you have to say is you're a scammer. You did this, you did this. You have no evidence. If you spent a day with me, you would understand how dramatically untrue what you're saying is. But yet you're still saying it because you're part of an angry mob on Twitter that just likes to regurgitate other things that you see. And you and live that it. stuff comes out at conferences. And that stuff comes out at conferences. <laughs> and so she was attacking me over this same thread that people attacked me for a year on. We After that thread, we said, you know what? Like we do feel like we made some mistakes. Let's stop doing sponsored videos completely. We gave 100% of our YouTube money away for this year to our— our— one of our NFT projects that, that, that we have. So, like, we pulled back so far from that, and we listened, and we were like, You're right. The stuff doesn't look good. Like, yeah. and, and it's less than 1% of my content that was sponsored, but I make a— I make five videos a day. It's still a lot of content. And so we really took that thread and looked at ourselves in the mirror and said, How can we be better? What, how, what can we do? Because we're not bad people. And we do care. And we don't want people to, to lose money. Like, I it kills me when people lose money. Now, when people buy at the top and they lose, that doesn't kill me because I know if they stick with us that they'll get the money back down the road. And that's just a, a market cycle thing. But she was just yelling about all this stuff she didn't know about. She she was saying, like, you didn't talk to Sam Bankman Fried. Well, I can show you all the texts after we I, after we get off. I can show you the text that he sent me and how when I asked him to unblock me, you can go time check that he unblocked me. And it's just people that are just vitriolic and angry. Yeah. And one of the things, this is, this so is what got great. sent to me when I asked uh-huh. which questions to ask uh, you. A hundred percent. So
3: now, now why, why do you think it happens that someone like you that has a big cold follower goes and promotes something in a certain... I mean, it was a specific yeah. one, I guess, but say so take uh, Gary V. He was talking about specific projects. He was uh-huh. specifically talking about the NFT market mm-hmm. and how you're going to make eventually your invoice and NFT and so on. But then today he goes and say, keep your money, don't spend it on anything. And people still idolize him. There's no negative chatter anywhere to find. It's not that different. Why is it that one person get all this mob gang and then another person stay on the top of the food chain as some sort of a profit?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. But look, Gary V certainly gets a lot of criticism. I've seen a lot of criticism for, for Gary Vee. Oh, you have? Yeah, I've, um, yeah I, I've definitely seen a lot of criticism for him. Okay. I, don't, I don't dislike him. He's not like my cup of tea. My business partner loves him. Like, my business partner actually has like some shoes. And by the way, we, we have nothing against him. Yeah, I just don't have anything. Yet. yeah. He has some shoes signed by him and all this stuff, and, you know, it's whatever. But I think in crypto, like, we do have a big problem with propaganda and bot armies. Um, like, so we're going to be doing a big expose on this on the Solana slash FTX slash Alameda bot army and propaganda army that exists mm. out there. It's real, and it's provable. Once again, 94 to 96% of people agree with us on our opinion on Sam. If you go look at the comments, it's like 60-40 or 70-30. Like, the numbers are way out of whack there. And there's a— It's so— easy to tell this stuff so i think gary v does get criticized but i'm he is not only in a financial world i'm only in the financial world in crypto so but i do want to say like just one last point about the lady that heckled me this is what's so funny about this this whole thing right one of the big things that people out put out about me is i had a media sheet everybody who does sponsored anything in the world of influence i have a media sheet everyone has a media sheet right well we charge thirty thousand dollars for a video now, one of the reasons was because we wanted to weed out bad projects. We only wanted projects that could afford that, because that way we don't get garbage. And yeah. we, I didn't even like doing them. About the last year that we were doing those, I really hated doing sponsored videos, and I didn't want to do them. So we set our prices up really high. Value still was probably about that, and we were not the the most expensive people out there.
0: I can guarantee you, thirty thousand is not the cheapest. It's not a, it's yes, not even close. And more,
3: not most expensive. You mean? It's not
0: the, not the most expensive. Not, uh, not, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, most so, so, right. So you can pay. You could pay a hundred thousand dollars for an ad slot. I think Tim Ferriss on his podcast, it's like fifty k. Yeah. For a thirty second mid roll, like this is yeah.
2: business.
3: Yeah. This is business.
2: And, and people in crypto don't really understand that. It, Let exactly. me
3: ask you: Were you but, when you sponsored? Did you say this is sponsored? For sure. Okay. One hundred percent. This is, this is like my question: If I go and I declare, yeah. if it's not like there's a project listen, I'm giving you these coins. You give me a dollar for those coins before anybody buys. Okay, now you have a piece of it. So you technically are not sponsoring it. Now let's push it. You literally go and you explain this is sponsored. Mm -hmm. Take it the way it is. And now let me tell you what it is. They paid me to say something. Now I'm saying it. And you understand that. That, From that point on, nobody can go and blame. The only problem would come down where you were not clear Mm -hmm. or you continue to support a scam person because it's a friend and they exactly, put you. Yeah, yeah. That, that, is the, that is the problem that's gonna come. Once you know it's a sponsorship. So people shit on you because you charge. Yeah, but this what's
0: so funny. Them.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it, exactly. So what's so funny is the lady that was heckling me, she owns an NFT project and she pays influencer promoter project. Uh, okay. That's-
0: pot calling the kettle black
2: a hundred percent i said that on stage you know so um i probably could have handled that a little more my emotional response could have probably been a little better but yeah most people that watched it and understood what happened they said i literally you know destroyed her from the ground up so
0: Mm. i just it's just so wild like people like because gary v has 10 times the audience you have Mm -hmm. candidly and i don't see people yelling at him at his conferences yeah it's just like such an emotion like it's like finance Uh plus
3: I don't know because i don't think he did. Age, I, I just uh, the yeah, point yeah. is i don't think he did anything wrong he said what he thought and what he believed in yeah. and then yeah. things turn and he's saying what he believes in now yeah my, my point behind this is this and then it's no different than you it, okay and you're people also don't want like to take responsibility
2: 100 yeah. yeah they don't and i do like that's a big difference between me and a lot of other people i take responsibility for everything i've done but a lot of the audience they don't want to take responsibility for their own actions and, and own options like when we look at these coins that that we covered that were highly speculative number one Almost every coin we ever covered did well. <laughs> it's just you go into a bear market and then everything plunges down. It's like, yeah, this coin's down 97%, but the 2 months after we covered it, it was up 400% or maybe it was yeah, exactly. up 30%. Like if you didn't take profits, like that's your fault, you know? And so yeah. like it, it's really dependent a lot on on the cycle and what what happens with prices going up. Uh well, as it, long as they now, weren't,
0: as long as they didn't you know, use FTX and not have a stock. So you know lawsuit. what?
3: You touched that point. If if I go and I put a dollar into coins, right? When is it the point for you to say I'm taking profits? Is it is that that's kinda of like a question that was asked yeah. with Grant Cardone. He asked your best he was friend, on my Kevin O'Leary. Really? He, was, yeah. he was he was he was <laughs> asking Kevin O'Leary and Kevin O'Leary gave a vague answer. He said because, now he, because he wants
2: to steal your money. But yeah. go
3: ahead. Well, I mean the 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 idea for me was that if, if you're going to take if you made a dollar when do you get your dollar back with some interest and leave the rest? And what's the, what's the formula that yeah, you would say? It it's as? 7.2% uh, in 37 days. No, no, no. I'm, I'm serious. If you have right now, if you have right a now a project, Look, he, you put was, a dollar, now you have saying. $5. Yeah. Do you take your dollar and a half out and leave the rest?
2: It's, it, 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 how would it's, you do it? it? It's market cycle dependent. So in crypto, we have a very strong roadmap for how the market moves. Mm. We've been saying... Since April, well, really the first week of May, we put out the video. We made the video in April. Uh, we believe the bottom of Bitcoin should be in between November 28th and December 15th, give or take a couple of weeks on either end. Everybody thought we were crazy. They said, oh, we bottomed in June. No, this is the market cycle. It happens. We generally know, we thought Bitcoin was going to 100000 in the last cycle and we got crushed because it didn't. But for two and a half years, I said the top of that market would be between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Hit exactly in that time frame. The timeframes in crypto are so predictable that it's your what you're doing and how much profit you're taking needs to be dependent on what part of that cycle you're in. If you're in the part of the cycle where things are generally going up parabolically, which is about a six month period or so, you need to be taking the profits off the table all the time. Mm-hmm. If it's a bear market and you've invested in a project at a dollar and it goes up to a you know a dollar oh four, when you take taking exchange fees and off ramping yeah. and capital gains like it's probably not worth it to pull that out for 4%. Mm-hmm. Probably better to, to let that sit and, and wait yeah. for a longer time period. But if you can generally, within a 2 or 3 month period, take the majority of your profits and then, you know, when the bear market time within 2 or 3 months take the, you know, do the majority of your accumulating, then you're going to absolutely crush on this market. There, there, there's, no, there's no exact formula. It's, it's a game of trying to be most. The, the right. reason I
3: ask you that is because when you deal with uh, day traders or, or, or like uh, people that run a portfolio, they'll tell you, well, I put the money in. If the stack goes down 50%, then I put another 50% to buy the stock on like mm. uh, low cost average. Uh, or if it goes up, this is where I start pulling money out. Yeah. So they'll have already formulas that... That pretty much it's going to be a language that they would all speak, and that's why I wanted to see how you think about that. But but that was just a yeah. personal level. So well, it's
2: a, it, it, crypto is different than yeah. the traditional markets, and it's the we love the volatility. We hate when it goes down, but we love it when it goes up. And yeah. you know the volatility is really what makes it so special uh, in terms of speculation. And so look, if you're risk averse, you're just not gonna you're not gonna do well in this market. If you've got you know big cojones and you generally understand what you're investing in, generally understand the times to pull profits and accumulate. There's nothing like this in the entire world where he can make more money.
0: Yeah. Okay. Two more people that I want to I want to just touch on before we close this out, and then if you have anything else you want to go okay. into, that's cool. But um, I actually did want to talk about Kevin O'Leary and why he's such a, like. Okay, fine, fine. He supported FTX and he's kind of been supportive mm-hmm. after the fact. Why are you leaning into him so hard? Like, what's the thing yeah. with Kevin O'Leary? Okay, there's a certain special kind of hate that you have for him at this point, which I don't understand.
2: Well, he attacked me, and I didn't like that. Uh, I don't funny. know if people can tell. If you attack me, I'm going to uncover stuff about you, and I'm going to crush you. Mm. Um, it basically, like I actually tried to offer him some protection, you know, and say like maybe he's being forced to say the stuff he's being forced. Uh, he was saying about Sam, like because once again, does it make sense for Kevin to be in that four percent that supports him? He lost a lot of money through him, and when he's saying positive stuff about Sam, you got to be saying like, what? Why is he doing that? And so. I started digging in and I started looking at what was going on. He came and attacked me over some stuff that I said. And so I, you know, once again, just crowdsource. Hey guys, what's up, What's out there with Kevin O'Leary? The stuff that I got back was absolutely shocking. I, I'm not going to go much into the, uh, the deaths of the two people in a boating accident up in, uh, Toronto. I'll tell you this. Oh, sorry, you're from, I know right?
0: the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I heard about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, people on the ground that are very close to it, uh, the vast majority of those people agree with what happened and it's not the story that was told. And, um, you know, one day I may go up there. If, if, There's, it, a it, uh, okay. There's a boating
0: accident. uh There's a boating accident where him and his wife were in a boat and then people died because the boat crashed. Yeah. No. Their boat crashed and people yeah, died. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary's boat or or the boat that him and his wife were in crashed into another boat. And but dude, was he driving the boat or was there? Well, that's that's the that's. I don't
2: want to get I, look. look I, I want to keep this about money for him, yes, because uh, I don't want to I don't want to get too much into I'm this. I'm just giving you context it, I because guess. I think it. You know, we can get we can borderline where people feel sorry for him and, and turn him into the victim here, and I don't want that because he's done so much other bad stuff. But that is a whole other ball of wax that that people can start digging into if they want. I'm going to stick to the crypto. WonderFi, one of the last companies. I've I've seen him uh, promote it a lot. Well, yeah, it's his company. Yeah. One of the last companies to still continue giving SBF money and continuing giving FTX money. He had actually worked out to raise $8 billion to bail FTX out. And then everything came out and people were like, it was toxic. They're like, we don't want anything to do with this. He was trying to get his money back. So when you look at WonderFi, what it was doing and the overlap it had between Alameda they weren't heavily in bed together. And then you start looking at Kevin O'Leary's exchange bid-by in Canada. Yeah. And you start seeing a lot of the same hallmarks that you saw from FTX. Okay. Athlete promotions, right? FTX, they had Tom Brady, they had David Ortiz, they had Steph Curry. Who was the biggest, you know, uh, uh, the biggest athlete in Canada for a long time? Kyle Lowry. Yeah, they win. They got for the Toronto Raptors. Kyle Lowry to prove them. Super Bowl commercial. FTX did a big Super Bowl commercial. Bit by did a huge Super Bowl commercial. Uh, you you start getting into uh, the way that uh, the in, the internals work. Uh, very very similar. Um, ran by ran by a person with a big name. Right. And you start looking into BitBuy, by and and there's more there. I don't have it sitting in front of me. I can't remember 100 percent of the stuff that we uncovered on it yet. Uh, as of right now. Uh, but Bidbuy is another company that really fits in line with, ex- in Canada, doing exactly what Sam was doing with FTX. So, so, so there are rumors of insolvency with Bidbuy. I've not been able to verify those, so I'm not going to come out and say that. But when you look at the relationship uh, between Kevin O'Leary, uh, and also when you go to what Kevin O'Leary did promoting IPOs, there was a big lawsuit between uh, him and Kevin Harrington were both named. They would basically, anything you would pay them to do, they would promote they they were pro- i can't remember what niche it was in but there's a facebook video of kevin o'leary it looks like a cameo like you know what cameo yeah is? yeah he's talking
3: about the caviar <laughs> yes the caviar that he's uh, the, that they're using cameo to yeah. shoot it yeah and then
2: he's selling a caviar well probably yeah. i don't know anything about that but like his promotion it just sounds like cameos it's like you know what? When I want to invest my money, I oh. certainly want to invest my money in this
3: IPO. But it was an investment, the cameo. I mean, I have no, invested.
2: no, it's not, no. It's not literally cameo. I'm, I'm, but he's he amazing. was he was having a cameo okay. as, a, as a bottom. It oh, was, he was, he was actually, no, I am actually, actually that because yeah. I I get I, I don't get, know anything about that. So, so yeah. if you buy caviar, yeah, you're gonna get, I like caviar. You're gonna get heat. I with thought it was a cav- blueberry the first time I ever ate it.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. It was <laughs> true it, story. It is delicious. But, so he he did promote a company. I don't think he did anything more, He just sells a caviar. Yeah. But what it was is there was an actual cameo. On an ether, because I assumed they first did it with Cameo. They yeah. found out they're not allowed to use Cameo wow. for commercial reasons. I then he this. said, listen, Me I'm either. still promoting it and I'm endorsing it because I like it. So yeah. he wasn't trying to sell you anything, but it, it didn't look, I mean, they were using Cameo. I will say that people are
2: allowed to promote. It was a sponsorship. He was clear about sponsorship. Oh yeah, this is just one of many things. Yeah. This, this this is just one of many things but what I, he got sued over over this one particular one that I'm talking about him and Kevin Harrington both got sued and they paid a bunch of money to settle it and got it covered up he literally like the double talk that comes out of this guy's mouth is unbelievable he literally says in the defense of the lawsuit we have never heard of this company and I've never had a relationship with them." the answer from the company back was no we literally have videos of you promoting us and his response was yeah, obviously, we did do promotions for your company. Like, but we have no relationship. We don't know y'all. But yeah, I mean, doing promotional videos are something that we do, and it makes no sense. But you want to get into the really dark stuff. The really dark stuff is when you start getting into what happened with Celsius. It's oh,
3: No,
2: <laughs> no I'm just kidding. So when you, when you get into what happened with Celsius, FTX was, look, Alex Mashinsky and Celsius, they had the vulnerabilities. Um, I, I look at I look at Alex Mashinsky a lot more like I look at Doquan or Suzu at this point, someone that had a lot of vulnerabilities inside of what he was doing, and they got crushed and taken advantage of by people that were smarter than him and knew how to manipulate markets better. And uh, when you look at what happened with Celsius, Kevin O'Leary, a week before Celsius crashed and went down, he literally went on CoinDesk, a crypto site. This has been removed, by the way. Uh, you have to dig to find this video. Uh, his team has been scrubbing all the videos of him talking about Celsius where he literally predicted Celsius was going to zero. How would he know? How, how would he think Celsius is going to zero when he he's not even invested in Celsius? Not He knows internally. Like, none of us knew it. How did he know it? Well, it's because if you look at what FTX did, we never even got into <clears throat> the scam of on the back end what they were doing to projects. We have proof of this. We have evidence. We have video evidence of Dan Freeberg saying they counterfeit tokens on their markets. That's how they control the supply and control money going up and down. This is why why you look at the long to short ratio on FTX. It's like 100% short because when the prices would drop or when the prices would starting to get momentum, they would just counterfeit tokens on the market mm-hmm. on their exchange to be able to control the supply and keep the prices suppressed. They did this to Celsius. They did this to Celsius. Oh, so Kevin O'Leary knew this and, and he, he just said it
0: without thinking that Fuck this! This is going to pay me as somebody who actually knows what's going on inside. A hundred percent. Okay.
2: The, it, exactly. Okay. <laughs> when you look at
0: the coordination of the, if not, it would have just been a great business prediction. Right. Of course. Awesome business guru can predict yeah. the markets. Great. Good for you, Kevin O'Leary. You know what what's yeah. happening.
2: So if you're, <laughs> but but when your best friend is Sam Bankman-Fried and you also know, that not only are they doing on this on the exchange, in addition, Sam has a gigantic short still open today, I believe on OKX or or MXC, on the sell token, so Sam is shorting. It's almost like what? How like GM, uh, GameStop? You know, it's like yeah. Sam is over there shorting it to zero. Why? This is a, a very important point here within all of this. When you consider the insolvency holds that they that that FTX was in, they were always on a shot clock. We were on a shot clock to break the story before they acquired Voyager. If they were able to go through with the Voyager acquisition. And then the next step, because of their own manipulation and crushing Celsius and creating a a large insolvency gap on Celsius, they were then able to buy Celsius, which they were trying to do when all this stuff broke. Then, potentially, they were able to buy Circle, which they were trying to come after Circle, the the Goldman Sachs crypto arm behind USDC. They control the stablecoin market. They control the lending market. They control the exchange market. They control US regulation they're able to hide the entire scam. Mm. This thing was not supposed to blow up overnight. Kevin O'Leary knew all this. It's so unbelievably obvious when you go back and you look at the stuff he was saying, and we have stuff on-chain that supports a lot of this. And then we, we know for sure that a that business... Word,
3: that word is hard to say.
2: We know... No, no. We know... For, when I, I'm qualifying in the yeah. next statement. We know for sure 100% that part of the business model of FTX and Liquid was creating a counterfeit market and creating counterfeit coins of coins that are listed there. We know that for sure. There's 0% doubt. We have video evidence. We have on-chain evidence, right? It's so. How, why would they not be doing that with Celsius when they're shorting it to zero to try to buy it? I have a question for you. Yeah.
0: So obviously, if you are 100% in on this, there's going to be a point where you're going to have to be disp- deposed and you're going to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love it. But if you think about the people that you're actually going up against, mm-hmm. the legal budgets they have are limitless. Yeah.
2: How do you fight this? Uh, well, we've got politi- a lot of politicians on our side, too. We're very connected. It, it, it's not going to come out of your pocket. It should be the government. Yeah.
3: It's not, it's not a civil. It's, but the it's government's not. Go- federal. Federal.
2: Who's, who's, who's going to go after me civilly? Who's going to be? Let's name them. Who's it going to be?
3: You're a journalist. It's it's it's
2: very
0: Who's, easy to dismiss cases. I don't know.
3: I don't know. Like, the, would it be, the,
0: it be
2: F- FTX's entire game? And also, interestingly enough, funny, right? Kevin O'Leary's entire game. But there's other settlements. There must settled. be
0: people that are bigger than 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 SBF and Kevin O'Leary. Well, but am I
2: going after them? Who am I going after? No, them? but they're going to try and defend maybe some of the stuff they knew was going on. Okay, but these eventually go to discovery. When this goes to discovery. I have such a gigantic treasure trove of evidence. No one wants to go to Discovery with me, I promise. I will invite it. Y'all want to sue me? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go talk to them. Let me put out the evidence that I have, and let's see if you get off the mat. They know this. That's why I'm protected. They can't come after me because of what I have, and they know what I have. Kevin O'Leary does not want to sue me because he does not want to go to uh, Discovery with anything. Sam Bankman Freed fled the country in 2020 to Hong Kong running from a 2019 FTX lawsuit. Why? It got the furthest to discovery it had ever been in. He knew if that went to discovery, he was sunk. So they they tried to pay New Genesis a project that... this The guy from New Genesis, saying it's where almost all my evidence came from. He has been the collector. He's been waiting to swing a punch at these guys forever. The fact is... They tried to settle with him $40 million, Oh. and he said no. They tried to—I know another project, there's different— $1.5 million was a starting point, basically. They would start with $1.5 million settlement offers, these projects that they screwed that had hard evidence on what they've been doing, mm. and they would take the hush money. With Hussein, they came up with a guy who has money, has connections, was not who they thought he was, very connected in, in a lot of different worlds, to where he basically ratcheted up the pressure to get a higher and higher and higher and higher settlement the whole time, knowing he was never going to accept it. And when people find out how bush league and sloppy these people are, they'll understand why I'm so confident. This is not a gigantic cover-up. It's a bunch of stupid people not understanding the repercussions of their actions and thinking that they were untouchable. The evidence is so overwhelmingly plain and clear. Reef, a project that they screwed, told us everything on March 15th of 2021. Go look at the Medium article. They told you the extortion story and nobody believed it. I didn't believe it. I laughed. I was like, oh, Reef, that's a, that's, that's a shell project, you know? No. They had, all, they had evidence back then and they literally published on a Medium article and everybody looked the other way. Why? Don't fud my bags, bro. Don't, FTX is a great company. Why are you going to throw FTX under the bus? Like, when you look at the business practices these people on the back end you'll understand why i'm so confident and i've got a gigantic marketing, marketing
3: is such a is such a powerful tool when you look at the company i think fast that went to 1.5 billion and then nothing and the yeah. actual process was just just one page <laughs> checkout which was nothing new and they raised i think 100 million or so over just because they were always on the media. They and, year, yeah, three hundred thousand dollar per year revenue. It was like, like something. nothing. And they, they what happened is when you keep seeing it again and again it comes down to the rule of seven. If you see it seven times within a short period of time, it looks reliable. Yeah. So if you hear FTX, FTX, the mm-hmm. arena, FTX, FTX everywhere. It's like now and then Brady and O'Leary and so on and you know, it just it just you you won't believe it's it's there. It's in front of your face. hundred percent. And I'm going to yep. steal. I'm going to rig. I'm going to do it all right there in front of your face, just because no one's going to believe yep. that it's going to happen. And you ask a simple question, why is it in the Bahamas? Why aren't you showing up in the United States? Why? Just the basic questions. Oh, I
2: know why it was in the Bahamas for sure. I know the well, literal reasons yeah, it was in the Bahamas. But, but, yeah. So that's that's yeah. the power of marketing. Well, they. Well, you, do you know why it was in the Bahamas? Because the over, the, the Bahamas, I know we, we talked to people, we've seen the evidence. They literally overlooked, their Securities Commission in the Bahamas, literally overlooked the capital requirements to start an exchange there in the Bahamas. They did not have to prove funds to open up there. Wow. Yeah. Why? Because they didn't have the funds. It was all fake money. We even got into FTT and how they were able to use that token as a flywheel to be able to heavily inflate the overall value of their company. But, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Terry Duffy, I think. Uh, I can't remember the guy's exact name. He's he's the CEO of CME, which is another horrible company. But he did make some great points on, um, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried. He said when he met him, he he said he started talking to him and asking questions. He said he saw he was a fraud right away. He said, you're you're supposedly worth $25 billion? I was like, yeah, whatever. I Elon
0: called, his, called him out, too. He said, yeah, uh, yeah I remember this thread on yeah. Twitter about he, him saying he got, like, red flag vibes uh-huh. from SBF and yeah. saying, is he actually liquid to the tune of $2 billion or whatever when he was trying to find money to go buy Twitter?
2: Uh-huh. And mm. he, and
0: somebody said, hey, you know, go talk to SBF. I can't remember who it was. And Elon's like, I don't think he's actually liquid. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. So this... Yeah. I didn't know that. Supposedly it came out this week. He says he has $100,000 in his bank account. That's all he has. Now... He's had a lot of other companies with, with assets under them that I know about. But when it when it comes to this, I think his name's Terry Duffy. Maybe someone, in fact, checked the name on this. The, the, and he's the CEO of the CME or whatever it is. He said something to the effect of, like, I'm barely worth nine figures. I'm not worth 10, big, ten figures. And I guarantee you I have more money right now than you do. Wow. You know? So it, it, it's been a shell game from the beginning. Every so many, every couple yeah, of decades. Terry Duffy.
3: Terry Duffy. There every couple of decades, there is, there is that story. It was... I would say in the nineties, there was a person, uh, there was a, uh, have you seen the movie Rogue Trader? Yeah. It was, it was basically, uh, working for Brinks, I think that was the name of the, the British bank that was there for 200 years and so mm-hmm. on. And he just got it under liquidated it just because he did some bad trading in, uh, in East Asia. And I do know Yes. Yeah, so, so he, he just, he just used, he, he was, he was managing fund for heavy wealth individuals, but then he got his traders to just go, I guess he was doing options and he made sure that the options always going to be green because the bank was (laughs) leveraging all the money for a couple of big billionaires. And eventually when it was all found out, margin call, boom, the whole bank went under and they bought it for something like five cents on a dollar bank that was there for years and years. And he was not, he was not, no one wanted to look into the books because he was the rock star. The yep. trader that brought so much business into the bank so it was untouchable there was always the part where those regulators get off formula with them, with Bernie Sanders now with SBF so it's just it's always going to come Bernie, just, ma- yeah. Bernie, Bernie <laughs> Sanders yes well Bernie, <laughs> he's just going to take your money without and he's
2: going to be okay that's a different right he's going to take a <laughs> what a rebrand so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: so alright wow dude that was wild good. we got wild harder. Okay, we got to do a part two. Okay, um, yeah, we yeah like but that.
3: we are gonna do this. We are gonna write down when we start the video saying, Everything that you hear over here, it's Ben's opinion. Do not shoot us in the street. <laughs> I do not want Kevin O'Leary as my enemy. I'm gonna <laughs> have you
2: seen him? He's frail. Come on, man. You That's blow it. him over.
3: Um, all right, let's close this out. Okay, so
0: like just closing thoughts for the audience. Like, this is like obviously got really, really, like really in the weeds. Yeah, but just like close out, you know, future of crypto. Where do you th- like, where do you see it going? Yeah, what are you hopeful for? What are you excited about?
2: Crypt- crypto is great. None of this has anything to do with crypto, none of this has anything to do with Bitcoin. It's a great point, too. No, this has anything to do with blockchain it has to do with centralization and centralized powers good point it, it, it it's a story of greed and it's a story of manipulation elites power control great reset the whole nine yards it's everything that it was actually created to fight mm. continue to be the problems and so for me personally i've always said this i've always said you know you go back to what we were talking about the catholic church and the printing press and stuff like you know Look, we're heading to a dark place in the world. I think a lot of people would agree with that, and they see that. Things do swing back and forth, but the current trajectory, when you look at the WEF, when you look at, you know, power structures, elites, it's scary where things can go. I'm not going to be able to sit here and tell you that blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, that they are going to save us. What I'll tell you is they're our only chance. If, if, if this new financial infrastructure does not work and does not is not able to restore privacy in our transactions, and we we're able to get digital dollars and CBDCs to where every single thing you do can be tracked. You're, you're not going to need a CPA. They're going to have all of the information already in real time at all times. They know exactly how much you owe. They know when you buy something you can't afford. It's a very terrifying thing to think about. Maybe your opinion. They cut your ability off to spend money. It's very scary where the world is going. We have to have crypto. We have to weed out these bad actors. We have to weed out the stock market 2.0. Crypto is not traditional finance. If you are looking at this like you think this needs to turn into Wall Street, then you need to get out because we don't want you. Let me ask you uh, if you had to choose Bitcoin or Ethereum. Which one? <laughs> you have to choose. <laughs> oh, man. I, look, uh, I, I love Ethereum. I, I think Ethereum's okay. great. I, I think eventually Cardano passes Ethereum. Um, it, it's just to me, it's a better infrastructure, and the way they built it is better. But in terms of investment, I, I do think Ethereum is a better investment. Not when Angel buys. Uh, the tokenomics of Ethereum are now superior to the tokenomics of Bitcoin because uh, until Bitcoin hits many, 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 many uh, Bitcoin having cycles down the road, the inflation rate of Bitcoin is going to be higher than the new inflation rate of Ethereum mm-hmm. based on the Ethereum merge. To me, I think the tokenomics are better. Bitcoin as sovereign money is better. Um, but right now, Bitcoin is digital gold. I don't know. I actually kind of think Ethereum is better. But look, we we love Bitcoin. Bitcoin started this entire space. We owe everything to the group. I believe the group of cypherpunks that created, um, you know, the the moniker Satoshi Nakamoto and brought this. And, um, you know, Bitcoin will always have a gigantic place in the space. I believe Ethereum's market cap will eventually pass Bitcoin, and it it has better things to offer because the tokenomics are superior now. And also when it comes to uh, decentralization, um, excuse me, when it comes to a decentralized internet, which Ethereum will be the basis for? Mm. I think a decentralized internet is a better, uh, you know, return on mm-hmm. investment than just digital gold.
3: Oh, that makes, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Awesome. Do you have any one memorable part from this podcast? Memorable I do part? have. I'll, I'll say mine. Okay, we spoke a lot. <laughs> I feel actually, like we're doing like about, a sharing. I will now. say. I will <laughs> say my, my mem- most memorable something you said that I've never thought about is when I ask you the question about. Uh, the metaverse and you said and i told you look they're going to create a better platform I said yeah but that's centralized your kids are screwed we're all screwed they know everything about uh-huh. us that probably was the biggest aha moment mm-hmm. in that in i'll that. give you mine um i
0: think the my favorite part is actually the thing you just said that none of the shit that we just spoke about for the past two hours has anything to do with crypto or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bitcoin or DeFi or blockchain right. or web3 good point. which is like the, i think that's actually if anybody has listened this far um i really hope that that's what they take away
2: yeah Yeah, i hope so as well i mean the 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 future is bright we're going through a purge right now we go through a purge every four years though This is nothing new that we've seen in crypto and uh you know this should not shake people's confidence in where this space is going it should actually improve it
3: cool thank you so much for being with us to be number two
2: awesome thank you thank you man i appreciate you. you a lot
0: If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all success story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk, free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com/success and enter code success at checkout. J O I N D E L E T E M E.com/success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now, I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.